I do. We got to update all the socials here. Tell everybody we're going live. Yep, and it should be <laughs> popping up. So I'm going to pull up the comments. Where is everybody? See, Gummo's here. Okay, Darius. So yeah, my, I got the live comments popping up on the right. All right, sweet. These guys were here early. These are the diehards right here. All right, good deal. Yep. He's got the fans. Yep. I know a couple of my friends said they were going to come out, so. Okay. We'll see, uh, see how many show up. <clears throat> going live. Yeah, and it takes a few, man, like... Uh, for everybody for the notifications to roll in um i'm gonna pull it up okay i see it it says there's four on on youtube right now um like i say it takes a little bit for it to all yeah just let everybody get in there yeah the outdoor complex. okay so it's showing me on on facebook so it's it's rolling there Let's go. Is this somebody you know right here, Steven? Uh, not off the top of my head, no. Okay. He's on Facebook, so you can see it's, it's pulling up. Yeah, I see um, it. Yeah, yeah. Dinner is coming, so I'll be in and out. <laughs> yep. So, so this is Joe. He lived down in Florida. Um, uh, you know, I, I watch his stuff and uh i'm gonna hopefully maybe hook up with him when i go down there during spring break and uh do some bass fishing and some of the i was thinking about hopping around him um hopping around disney and, and trying some of those ponds for bass but hey see how there he you feels go. about that <laughs> <laughs> do it <laughs> um let's see here there's no you see, right. okay. we're just we're seeing what we're seeing here yeah, people are saying there's no picture, but yeah, they we got we got to start yelling at them. <laughs> so what we'll do is uh, and do whatever we got to do to not be awkward, right? <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. I like those girls on TikTok who I always pop up my feed. Oh, just reading the comments. <laughs> yeah, I can't believe like like so some of the stuff. Okay, hang on. We're gonna go here. We're gonna start there. We're gonna start there that. because uh, <laughs> um, talking about TikTok, I can't believe some <laughs> of the stuff people get away with on that. Oh yeah, and and uh, you know what? What I've almost got banned for. You know, what'd you almost get banned for? I've gotten three, three uh, strikes now, and it was for. The one was literally showing off that elk mount. Oh my! That God. was the last one I got. But the other ones were. Uh, <laughs> the other one was a pheasant hunt. I had just a, a perfect shot on a rooster. You know what I mean? It, but the one it didn't it didn't red flag it. The other one it did, and uh, there was something. It might have been like a. So once they red flag you, it's like almost everything you upload they they look at real close or the robots look at real close. Okay. So it's it's a. Uh, it's a pain, dude. And I know, I, like I told you, I can't believe Steve Cursor said no picture. Well, you got us now, buddy. Uh, We're up. <laughs> but, uh, I can't believe they haven't come after you yet because some of your stuff is just uh, is awesome on there. I think it's awesome, <laughs> but uh, people on TikTok, I mean, in some of the comments I get, just like I did a pike spearing one on uh, Instagram and I didn't even spear the pike. It was mm -hmm. just a video, you know, holding the spear and it was, it was there kind of hanging out on the edge of the hole. And like people are commenting, why would you do this? Why? And, and I didn't even spear it. 
You know what I mean? And I'm like, <laughs> and they're in the whatever. comments coming after you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, always. There's always. Yeah, I. Uh, they don't. They're not too tough around the water, though. Everybody's real nice, so we don't yeah. worry about oh, that. Yeah. Oh yeah. Right. <laughs> I was like, trust well, me, you wouldn't do too hot if you came after me in the water. <laughs> a lot of those people, you wouldn't find them out there anyways. They don't probably don't get too far from the couch. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's okay. The mics are live. Okay. Oh, don't worry. We're not trying to hide anything. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Scott Hill says, I get strikes for dead ducks. Guess if I showed my tits, they would have left it up. Exactly. <laughs> well, that's exactly I, that's, it, too. Uh, my iguana hunting videos I tried to post on TikTok, they, they shot those right down. Because they were doing they really good, too. Like, an hour, they had, like, I don't know. One had, like, 8,000 likes, and then they were like, boop, gone. <laughs> yeah, it just seems like, it seems like if you get a good one like that, they take it down. But if it slowly oh. keeps going, then you're good. Yeah, but. yeah the spearfishing ones, I think I only took one. They only took one down. It was, like, a, one of the first pike I shot. But after that, I was like, whatever. They've been super good, and they've been honestly taking – a lot of them got a lot more attention than I ever thought they would. So I was like, so, well, so I guess it's a new spearfishing TikTok now. <laughs> yeah, you don't have an account warning attached to your – because mine still says when I pull up my account, it says account warning. I – sure, I do. I don't know. I, yeah. Yeah, so I got to like – they said if I do – if I get one more red flag, then my account's not deactivated, but it's whatever, limited. So here's right. Uper RD. Right. This is a, a gentleman from up north, up, up in uh, – north of the bridge he watches a lot of my stuff uh good dude um what up dude? i haven't seen i haven't seen much of his stuff he i think he grooms like the snowmobile trails up there and stuff so he's got some pretty cool oh, videos of that but he uh he speared a really nice pike um recently and he put the video up it was pretty yeah. big i'd say high high 30s um are we gonna have any more good ice to like do dark house spearing the rest of the year no. or is it pretty much done I think in some of the marinas, you could maybe still get in. Um, yeah. Caseville, Caseville just had their shanty days up there, and uh, guys were ice fishing. I'm assuming it was in the marinas because all along the break wall is wide open. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's, and like I said, that's exactly why we're going to try and get walleye and, and lake trout and shit like that for them on the Great Lakes and everything. Yes. Like, how are you not going to let them do it? They're, you know, the, the smallest window of opportunity and – Right. You're not going to allow it. I just, just want to say, we just got to get in there and talk to them, let them know, hey, we have interest. And they're like, oh, all right, let's put it through the ringer and see what happens. And then, right. I'm sure we'll come out on the other side with a lot more opportunity for that. So we got people showing up, coming and going. So what we're going to do is we'll get started with, we're going to introduce you, John. Um, you're, you're, so you're the president of the Michigan Spearfishing Association. Is that correct? Yes, I was uh, recently given that title uh, this last summer. Aaron Dahlman, who was uh, – Aaron Dahlman and, and Peter Rick were the ones who uh, initially started it. Yep. And uh, they did it for the purpose of these, this exact thing was to uh, get opportunities, expand opportunities for fish in the Great Lakes and then Michigan in general. And uh, when it kind of – I don't know, it kind of came to a halt. They weren't having any success with it. And uh, they were like – you know, basically all we do now is just host an annual tournament, right? A little, uh, little shit day where we get some donations and we'll have an event, right? Right. And uh, so when I went to the NRC and got all this done, they were like, well, you did what we made the whole organization for. So congratulations. And they're both dentists and stuff. So they have busy lives. So they were like, right. you know, we don't really do it. Like, we'll be here for you if you ever need anything. But like, generally speaking, 
you know, we gave, they gave me all the access to all the, I don't know, everything they created. And uh, so now I'm just kind of running it and spreading the word about spearfishing in Michigan. So, so when did it all get started? Uh, for me, it started in the late, later part of summer in 2018. I, okay. my brother, they had the, the Michigan spearfishing um, tournament. And uh, my brother did it with his buddy, James, James Stack, who uh, came to the first DNR meeting with the fisheries division. And uh, I seen him do it. And I was like, I love water. I was a lifeguard, swimmer, you know, all around underwater enthusiast, if you will. And I was like, I want to do this. And so I told my brother right. and they took me out to Muskegon, threw me on a pontoon boat. I had like this, you know, I don't know, surfer wetsuit. And I knew how to, you know, had goggles and everything. And they just gave me a spear gun. And I was like, all right, let's go. I was in the water as soon as I did it. I was like, yes, because it was just having to be a really good day. And the, uh, I want to say it was the south side of the, the Muskegon jetty where it was just, I mean, it was literally crystal clear. It was okay. 35 foot of viz, fish everywhere, big pike and catfish and drum. And it was just amazing. And I was like, oh, I was hooked, dude. Instantly hooked. I was like, okay, okay, <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> and so that was literally how it started. I just, went out my brother got me into that and i was like all right went uh, online and started finding gear and and i bought it and then that that what was it you know it was this time of year actually and uh i was like man i want to i want to figure out how to like why we can't shoot other fish with this why can't we shoot something that's good to eat and uh right that was and that was literally all that's all it took but as soon as i did that i emailed the nrc and they're like Come up to a meeting, maybe five minutes, you can talk to us. And I was like, all right. <laughs> Before you know it, I was in front of them, and then the DNR, and then the whole thing. That's where it went. <laughs> and so, so have you got a lot of pushback for? I mean, I'm assuming there's a lot of people that are against it or not. I mean, I, I know outside of I would uh, say you know, like other anglers or anything like that, or guys pretty much on board with it too. They just, uh, I haven't, I'm, mostly old timers or some old timers had, I don't know, maybe they had a bad experience with them or something. Um, but it right. was very, very easy just to have a discussion with them. Just be like, Hey, okay. you know, we're not doing anything different. You know, we're the same people or the same residents or the same fishermen that have always been here. We're just asking for a different way. And right. uh, we just want some better fish to eat, honestly, because, you know, if anybody thinks that spear fishermen are going to, you know, single-handedly destroy the fishery, nobody was worried about us shooting all the carp or shooting all the drum or shooting all the catfish or any of those things. So I was like, right. why all of a sudden is it a worry with walleye or lake trout or anything else? I was like, as long as we're following the rules, you know, exactly. we have a shorter window. We have a shorter window, just like the dark house guys. It's a short window through the summer. You got what, four months. I haven't done it since August or maybe late September. I can't even remember. So it's like, and, coll and collectively you, you guys speared uh, just shy of 800 in, in the state last year, 800 walleye. So those are preliminary numbers. They're not, they're not okay. final. Um, Dr. Herbst over at the fisheries division, he's the aquatics, uh, regulatory, I don't know, manager. He's like the unit manager and regulatory affairs unit manager or something like that. He is the one who, uh, presented this to the, um, to all the warm cold water resource steering committees and all these other different groups. Um, and he's going to have a final, um, you know, hard annual review of the program after, you okay. know, later, later this month or early March, he said. So when I have those, those would be solidified numbers. I know some people were killing fish 
into September. So I, I expect those numbers will be higher. I, I expect closer to a thousand. Okay. Um, but we'll, you know, he's going to try and finally get one of the big problems we were having is a lot of people, they see a free license, they click it and they get this huge number of uh, people who are going to participate in spearfishing, right? We got this number. It's almost 5,000 people, but right. of those 5,000 people, um, only 157 of them actually got a fish. But the problem was, is there's a thousand people ever since the day they got the license never reported once, whether they went, if they got any fish or anything. So right. our, our compliance numbers is what they look at. Like, Hey, how many people are going? How many people are complying with the report? So we know it's got, it's kind of skewed. So it's like not great, but that data is data that I can use to make my points in upcoming meetings and natural resource commission in front of the commission and everything just to be like, Hey, this is, this is what we got for uh, expansion. And I think that's going to help us get salmon and perch and shit like that later on. That'd be wild to shoot a salmon. Be, right? Yeah. 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 That'd be awesome. Hang on. That thing's going to be pulling you through the water. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah. And Scott Hill, I'll pull that back up. He said a limit, a limit's a limit. And that's right. And what I, what I like about the idea of spearfishing is it's really a selective harvest. You know, you can, oh, you yeah. can dive down and, and if you're on them, you're on them and you can, you can pick which ones you want to, you want to take essentially. Yep. I mean, you got to make the shot still, but. Yep. Yep. I mean, that's, I, I think that video in the, we got down there is I'm looking at, a, you know, a school of 20 smallmouth looking at me and I'm just like waving at them and stuff, you know, I'm just like, hi little guys. <laughs> and that's so, one of the things you get in a good school of them. You can, if you want to take your time and look at them, you can hundred percent do that. So let's do that. I'm going to, what I'm going to do here quick while, while we're rolling, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to share a video and I'm going to, let's try to do this here. Screen share. So I'm going to share a video and then I know you've got a couple that you want to share. Yeah, um, for sure. <laughs> I got all the done. videos, man. <laughs> I'm surprised I'm the only person really doing this, to be honest. It is Saturday. And Saturdays are for the. Is it going up on there? Yep. He's in the water. Yeah. He just got one. He literally just got one. Well, let's see it. <laughs> Been in the water that's a that's a freshwater drum or a sheep head oh, yep yeah yep. nice drum good shot. no they don't eat bad surprisingly enough back in the day when we were shooting them you know because that was like the best eating fish you could besides like a catfish yep. um that so, was, so this, that was this spear gun you got here i mean it seems pretty cut and dry right it's just a couple of elastic bands with it with one yeah. spear on them yes sir a little so, trigger so mechanism how, how, how many shots do you get with one spear? I mean, let's say you smash it into the rocks, but if you're not, if you're just shooting fish, I mean, essentially, can you use one for a whole season? Just one, one dart? I have never had to replace one yet, and I've blasted okay. into rocks and everything. It's they're very durable. Um, it's it's actually surprisingly enough, it's not um the rocks that usually bend your shaft. It's actually bigger fish, usually. Okay. Um, like you get shoot like a you know sixty pound amberjack or something like that, or a big cobia yep. down you know in the salt water. Yep. They, uh, that was a nice shot. Yeah, they just bend your shaft. If you go back, actually, here, this is all the old spirit fingers. Um, yeah, yeah, me, that's what I wanted to ask you about that, too, right there. Right there. That's all it takes, man. <laughs> and what so you don't see right here, you see this? I got reflective holographic minnows on my gun. So when I'm down okay. there, you can kind of wave that, and that'll reflect, and that'll bring them right in, too. Okay. I always wonder what you were doing with your. I always wonder what you're doing with your fingers there, like you're like you're um, squishing them together or whatever. 
Yep, just spirit. Yeah, just I mean, just like uh, the you know, skirt on a jig or a, a spinner bait or something like that. You know, just something that flows or I don't know. It just works. You know. Yep. We talked about lures and you know some people will uh, will dangle like a uh, you know like a willow blade from like a, a spinner bait off the front and that'll kind of create some some flash and some action for them to to come into. But most of the time, if you, if you just lay still on the bottom, they'll they'll come right up to you and investigate at some point. But after you start shooting them, they, they don't like to stay around. <laughs> but initially, they don't see you as a threat, though. Uh, initially, they're nervous, right? They're like, oh, what's this thing coming at you? And they kind of swim away. And then just like that, when you see him, he kind of swam off. And then in, and when, he, when I give him fingers, he kind of was like, oh, I'll come check that out. See if you can see Yep. Oh, dude, the, the sheep pad are everywhere out there. Both in. Both in are super cool. Can you see that that dorsal fin? That thing yep. just shimmers so super cool underneath the water. It's uh, very unique. A lot of guys give me shit because I don't shoot them as much. Because a lot, you know, a lot of people don't like them, but I don't know. Right. Maybe I should shoot them more. But <laughs> <laughs> some. I mean, that back in the day, that's how grandpa and my dad did it. They just oh. There's a, it's garbage fish. You kill it. It kills other fish. You kill it. You throw it in the water, you know, <laughs> swing and a miss. <laughs> oh, I didn't. Okay. Oh, he turned on you right at the last. Well, it was, you know, you got this stupid GoPro stick. You're trying to get that second angle and then you got the gun and you're, you know, you're looking back and forth and it's, it's not a great system for shooting fish. <laughs> right. Looks good, but it's not a great, it's not a horribly effective uh, strategy when it comes to actually getting them. <laughs> Um, no, that, that's awesome, man. I and mean, we got a few clips we're going to share with them. We'll, we'll grab a couple of questions here. So, uh, Uper, he, he watched your vids. He says he'd be hooked to it also. Uh, and you don't have to go spearfishing. A lot of people do just get out there and go diving in Lake Superior, go check out, you know, point rock, white rock over there and Marquette. Um, some of the, you know, some of the most coolest things you'll find in the great lakes that most people have never seen because they're just like, Oh, I don't want to go diving. And I'm like, you don't have to go spearfishing, you know, just get out there and enjoy the fish. That's right. really why I love doing it because, like, if you pull up that other video, you see, you know, 12 walleye stacked right in front of you. You're not going to see right. that when, you know, you'll see them on your, on your uh, side imaging or your live scope, but you ain't going right. to, you ain't going to actually get to see and interact with those fish on the bottom, which no, is, which uh, is cool. This is, yeah, this is the best part about spearfishing, really, because you're like, oh, wow. And then you get to get a fish and it tastes good that you can actually eat, you know, and oh, that exactly. whole like circle of life, you know, it's a beautiful experience. Exactly. Yep. <laughs> And then uh, Scott Hill's got a question just about the spear guns. Um, maybe yeah, yeah. we could we could um, we could dive into that in a few minutes here, Scott. We'll because uh, we'll have a, well, you you got a gun and you you can kind of break down some of the gear and stuff. You know, from yeah, the I got bare minimum, the yep. bare minimum to like the ultimate setup type of thing. Uh, so sure. you got Michigan fishermen, pretty wild footage. Him and I are actually going walleye fishing in the morning. Oh, nice. Yeah, we're gonna go jigging. Uh, he's never been. He's never been uh, jigging for walleye, so that should be uh should Is be interesting. Supposed to be nice tomorrow. I know it was real um, nice today. It's not going to be nice, but it's going to be doable. All right, good. It's going to be it's going to be uh it's going to be cold, but <laughs> going to be a cold one. Uh, Youp right. says uh, I shot carp with a bow for a lot of years. Never thought about spear fishing. You know, and I seen a video, I don't know if it was TikTok or what it was, some dude was pike spearing and he actually shot one with his bow. Yeah. <laughs> in, yeah. in the dark house. I was yeah. like, what is I, I seen that same video. I hit him up on uh 
I hit him on Instagram. I was like, hey, come on over here. We're going to go spear some wall. <laughs> Dude, that was like, awesome. What? So I was like, yeah, yep. I'd totally seen that video though. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty sweet. So you and I were having a conversation uh, the other day. If we can touch on it about the walleye, can we talk about that one? Absolutely. Okay. So you were talking about uh, possibly legally being able to spear walleye uh, in the upcoming future. Yeah. So um, what's his name? Jason. Uh, he's the president of the Dark House Spearing Angling, uh, Angling mm-hmm. Association. Um, he just became president, kind of just like me. Whoever was running it before just kind of got out of it and handed it over yep. to him. So I'm going to uh, set up a meeting with the fisheries division. We're going to get some points together. We're going to talk with them. We're going to do an in-person meeting. And uh, we're going to dive into that and, and see what they can make happen for us in 2025. Because this order is, is temporary. It's a three-year order. And when it's up, they're going to, uh, you know, what's the word I'm looking for? I guess reevaluate it. And, and if there is a taste for, uh, like, you know, I said, adding more species, adding more waters. The big one I want is, is more waters. We want everything on Lake Michigan, you know, everything north of Grand Haven. And we want the rest of Lake here. And we want at least half of lake superior there seems to be some pushback for superior but we have a good standing with the natural resource commission right now and john walters who was our number one fan on the commission back in the day is back on the commission so i believe we'll be able to get everything and including that i think um there's no reason for uh the dark house angles because it's all under that same fisheries order 219 so when we go in there and we are changing things up, one of the things we want to do is add the same three species on the Great Lakes for the dark house guys and use the same reporting system that we have set in place for us to yep. gather some data, get some taste for it, see how successful, how everything's rolling, and then give them, a, I assume, the same kind of you know leeway. Give them a three-year period, see what they like, you know, see how everybody goes about it, and then uh, – Hopefully, you know, come 2028, 20, 2030, 20, something like that, they should have some kind of a, a full season for uh, other game fish as well. Because it, it doesn't make any sense that you can just right. spear one one pike. Like, w- what's your point? Like, why why just pike? Exactly. And, and you know? uh, so so what bodies of water can we legally go uh, underwater spear fishing in right now? Is it just Lake so, Huron and uh, no, Michigan? No, it's it's all waters. If you, if you look at the regulations, it says okay. in the top header – all year on all waters except like designated trout streams and trout lakes for the rough fish, right? Bow fishing, spear fishing, you know, hand spear, whatever it is, that covers all that. Then you have a subsection for the dark house anglers, right? You can shoot spear pike yep. and, uh, and musky, I think, through the ice. And then if you go down, then you have the underwater section for the game fish, right? So now yep. we have the, the pike, the lake trout, and the walleye. And those are on waters south of the most southern pier uh out of where grand where grand river enters lake michigan so from grand haven and down and then from basically thunder bay all the way down to uh, uh what is that uh it's the st Clair river i think the st Clair river that'd be port uh, Huron, then, yeah yeah so somewhere right port, in there port Huron. yep so that's okay, so those lake, are the waters so that you can shoot the game fish on so lake st Clair is out of, out of the question for uh shooting for game the game fish, fish. yes sir Yep. Which would be a good lake to get added somehow added because their walleye population and they already allow uh perch spearing through the ice. Yep. You know, and, and they, they have um although musky season is kind of limited there, um first Saturday in June to like sometime in December, you know, the catch and keep shuts down and they got a slot limit on those two. Yep. You know how big you can keep them, but um 
there's a ton of walleye in there. I mean, you got to figure from the, the walleye fishery from Lake Huron through St. Clair River, down through Lake St. Clair, down Detroit River into Lake Erie. It, it's just a, it's a Mecca. It's a Mecca breeding ground for yep. walleye. I mean, yep. I, when I was jigging the Detroit River the last few years, when you're belly snagging them, it only tells you how many walleye are underneath your boat. When you're when yep. you're belly snagging them with just a little hook and you're in 40 foot of water, you can't see it on there. <laughs> but you think you got a giant on and you're pulling one up sideways. It's like, oh my God, dude, the bottom's got to be crawling with walleye. Yep. The Ohio DNR estimates that there are over 200 million walleye over two years of age in Lake Erie alone. Wow. Like, that's just Lake Erie. And then you send them all up into Lake Erie. I mean, you're talking a solid, you know, close to 300 million fish population between that region. I mean, I'm just saying Saginaw Bay, like, from the tip of your thumb down is, is yeah. probably close to, you know, 250, 300 million walleye. And it's crazy and just such a small body of water. And then like Lake Huron, I know you and I were talking the other day when I was pike spearing in Caseville in the marina, I, I was seeing more walleye swim through the hole than anything. And that has never happened in, in the decades I've been fishing that marina. Yep. <laughs> Usually just, just fingerling perch come through, you know, and some bluegill or whatever. And then your yeah. occasional pike. That's why I like pike spearing there. But I was see I couldn't believe the amount of, small male walleye that are just hanging out there and obviously there's got to be bigger ones in there but oh, yeah. it, it yeah. blew my mind the amount that was actually in there um yep. as opposed to the, the other fish. So low. yep that's why the perch are, are not low but they're not reaching maturity in the bay a lot of those guys are saying you know when you got a population of seven to ten wall seven to seven, seven to ten million walleye in the bay you can't uh you can't get enough perch to get to maturity so that you can you know catch them in good size and good numbers so that's why they just opened up the St. Uh, what is it? The yeah, St. Clair River year round now for catch and keep thirteen inches and above at eight a day. So Saginaw, like, Saginaw River, yeah. yeah, Saginaw River. That's what I meant. Saginaw Sorry. River, yeah. Yep. Which I haven't. I fished that a few times. I like ice fishing it, but you sort through a lot of the small walleye. But yeah, I guess I, I've been there at the season closer and the opener back when it used to open and close, and. Um, it's a phenomenal fishery, but it's just dirty water, you know? So it's, yeah. it's just something you got to deal with, uh, trying, trying to, you know, uh, fish through the, the dirtier water. I mean, you got to have the right setup, but, um, yeah, that's one thing I like about St. Clair river, Detroit river. If you just pick up a Canadian license, one side of the river, or the other is going to be perfect water. Halfway clean. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yep. One side will be just chocolate milk. The other side is going to be pretty much perfect. That was, yeah. that was like, uh, that reminds me of, uh, what was it? Like all gray. We went out there mm -hmm. in, in May before Memorial day, water was like 48 degrees, something like that. And I was diving 25 feet, trying to find these, <laughs> these fly and my hand would hit the ground before I could see it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's chocolate, man. I was like, man, this is, uh, sometimes you can get down and get underneath it. Usually there's a, you know, a cloudy that will separate between the thermocline yeah, like that. It was just complete mud the whole way. And we did not. We went three times, I think, in uh, in about two weeks, and did not see a single fish. <laughs> Everybody's out there, all... you know, trolling and catching limits, and we're like, okay, they got to be here. And we're looking, and we're like, well, they're not here, <laughs> or we just can't see them, or both. That happened to me on Lake St. Clair this year. I was uh, I went out there ice fishing right around Christmas time. There was enough ice to get out there, and I walked out about a half mile and. You couldn't see the water was real cloudy, but I sent an underwater camera down and it was gin clear down at the bottom of the lake. So yep. I had to fish with the camera or at least 
loc you know help locate some fish with the camera um, yeah because you couldn't you couldn't see anything it was in like nine foot of water and it was just the first couple feet were just milky real milky yep, <laughs> yep. those beautiful thermoclines are they i had a instance where the cold water it was like a east wind kind of northeast wind coming off lake here and was bringing in all this beautiful clean just freezing cold water from the main lake but it was kind of coming into this harbor and you could just see where the cold and the warm and the dirty and the clean were just it was like a wall and those fish i mean were right in it they right there like, that's where we want to be they like it because you can't barely <laughs> see them until they come out and they can see out perfect just like looking into a well-lit house at night you know, you can see inside of it perfectly. You look out, you, see, you know, you can't see anything. It's, right. that perf- it's that perfect, that's a perfect little, uh, you know, camouflage for them. They can stay in there and see everything they need out. And then, you know, nothing can see them. And you know, it makes perfect sense from a predatory standpoint, why they would want to be in that, you know, muddy water, that dirty water. Well, that, and that's like uh, Lake St. Clair. So there's little to zero structure out there. there there's a few yeah. spots where there's man-made structures, but it's just a big flat. So like it's loaded with musky. But it's usually so clear. The water is usually so clear. So the only place for bait fish to hide is in the dirty water. And if you find the dirty water, you're going to find the bait fish and the muskie are going to be really close to that, which is usually really close to the shipping channel. The shipping channel goes through there from the St. Clair River to the Detroit River. So in the middle of the lake, there's the channel. And um, that's the deepest spot of the lake. But a lot of guys, like the big trollers, the big big, uh, charter boats, yeah, you'll find them trolling usually the Canadian side, because um, actually Canada owns two thirds of Lake Saint Clair. Yeah, the only so they, the only musky charter I went on was on the Canadian side out of Ontario. Okay. Yep. Then like Scott says here, I troll the mud lines and always crush them. Um, yep. Which that's even walleye. That's the only spot for them fish to to be able. I mean, granted they'll be able to eat in other places, but depending on the time of year if there's no weed beds grown up yet or anything like that all they got is the dirty water so that and that's where a lot of your game fish will be is because that's where the bait fish are yeah and that's and that's one of the things too you know when we go spearfishing and if, if the water's too dirty we just troll for it we'll just catch right. it down <laughs> we did it once we caught 18 in about two hours trolling and uh, you know in the last two days we I think we got like you know 16 spearfishing <laughs> <laughs> so, like, if you think we can't catch them like don't don't right. worry we can <laughs> right just i like being in the water more that's all <laughs> yeah i'm gonna pull up another video now that you mentioned that we're talking clear water and uh and um locating a fish here so i think it is this one let's see what we got here oh yeah Looks like walleye mixing with smallmouth bass. What is that, a shipwreck? Yeah, that's the um, Henry Court is what it's called. Henry Court. It's off. Uh, that's off the jetty in uh, Muskegon there. Okay. And this is about uh, I don't know, 25 feet down. Are you just straight up snorkeling? Yep. It's the only way you're allowed to do it. Well, you can't do full-blown oxygen tank or nothing. They used to, but one of the one of the things we were talking about was fair chase. You know, maintaining a, a fair chase kind of quota or whatever standard. Yep. And uh, you know, it seemed like using rebreathers and, and scuba diving equipment was uh, you know, and a lot of people to be you know, I guess too effective or something. So it was uh, it was a pretty easy 
easy trade to be honest just be like yeah you can't because nobody was scuba diving anyways it's too much gear it's a bunch of crap you know it's already enough it's always enough already enough um you know i don't know items to take with you not to add a whole another setup of uh scuba gear so it was so, just so like yeah we'll, we'll take with you that you're legitimately holding your breath this whole time or, or what do you got going yeah. on yeah i mean I was, on this on this dive I was down for about two minutes Oh my god! Yeah, I was so, wondering. I'm like, he's got to be using some type of one way uh, snorkel <laughs> or something, you know, where you can with a little breathing chamber or something to be able to recatch nope. your. So these walleye nope. are all interested in you. Yep. See, give them the old. This is this is Muskegon, so you're not allowed to harvest these. This was also back in like 2020. Um, okay. So that you know, this wasn't even um, legal. So you, this is what you do. You just come down there and you see them and you just hang out with them. And like I said, you just lay on the bottom and that's them right up to you. This was this was like I don't know my third dive probably. Um, okay. So they had, they already were aware of my presence and everything, so they had no issue coming up to me after you know my you know third or fourth dive down. But yeah, nice you hold your breath. Right yeah. Oh yeah, and I would see them. I tell you what, man, that part of Muskegon is loaded with walleye. If that when that gets legal, you're gonna see some big fish come out of that area. You are gonna see some big fish because we were swimming out there. Uh, a couple times in August, and man, they were just—I mean, stacked. I mean, you couldn't go down and, and not see one. You were looking everywhere, and the big ten, twelve pounders just laying around. You're like, "God bless America!" <laughs> so <laughs> I just think it's—it's it's incredible you can hold your breath that way. Yeah, I was—you know—it's comfort in the water, man. It's comfort in the water. I mean, oh, so what kind of training do you got to do for that? I mean, how, how do you how do you build up to get to that point? Believe it or not, I mean, it's, 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 uh, you know, being able to tolerate the amount of CO2 <laughs> in your lungs. So, I mean, you're hanging out down there for two minutes. I mean, I, that's, that's granted you're deeper water too, but, you know, um, Scott Hill is asking, I'm assuming you have a weight belt on. Yes, sir. Yep. Okay. I broke that out. That was, that's what you use right here is to counteract the buoyancy of the, uh, of the wetsuit that you're going to be wearing. This is, uh, I think it's 11 pounds. Okay. That, that offsets my, my buoyancy almost offsets my buoyancy. It keeps me buoyant at the surface, but I can lay, I can stay on the bottom and be neutrally buoyant at depth. Okay. So that's one of those, one of those tools you got to use if you, uh, if you want to be comfortable down there because <laughs> so you can't, you can't stay down there that long if you're fighting to stay on the bottom. Every second you're fighting, you're creating more of that CO2. The more CO2 makes you want to breathe. And that's right. How, so uh, how long that's do how the average guys stay down there? Like like some of the beginners you've taken out, how long are they hanging out down there? 30 seconds, 30, 45? 30, 45 seconds are the best. You know, if you're a scuba diver and you have a little bit more um, training and familiarity with the water, right. you know, generally they do a little bit better. Um, but yeah, most of your, most of your guys are You'll start usually about 30 seconds and then uh, usually by, you know, I don't know, dives or, you know, trip three or four or five, you, you start getting into closer into that minute range. So, so depending on the time of year, obviously you're going down deeper or shallower. Now, w when they're stacking up on the reefs, because I know there's a lot of reefs around Lake here on Oak Point. Like for me, I hang out in Caseville during the summertime. So like Oak Point mm -hmm. would be a reef uh, out that way that I would fish, which are relatively shallow, but you would assume the f guys troll the edges, the fish are hanging out on the drop off. But um, do you fish, like what's the most shallow water that you normally would, would spear in? 
So, yeah, so you ha- one of the rules we uh, added to was uh, you have to be fully submerged. So every part of your body and, you know, equipment has to be underwater. So there's, that yep. was to try and worry about, uh, you know, I don't know, targeting fish when they're uh, spawning or something like that was kind of the thought. Yep. Just, um, But I, I don't think I've, I don't know, maybe – 10 feet is probably the shallowest. Generally speaking, it's 15 to 25 feet. That's usually about everything okay. I've ever uh, dove, maybe 35, some spots. But most I like, most of this stuff, I'm just finding structure. You know, somewhere right. close that is just generally speaking holds fish. Um, because right. you can get really bored swimming around looking at sand, which there's a lot of it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of it. So uh, weeds are great. If you can find weeds, uh, that's another. But generally speaking, weeds, you're not going to find anything super deep uh most of it's all you know under 30 feet in my opinion so, so now i know a few spots in the in saginaw bay area wildfowl bay that i grew up trolling and uh it's a really weed weedy area the fish are there early so i don't know how diving i mean you'd have to kind of have like a uh, a really decent dry suit but it's it's under 10 foot of water and we troll okay. through there with harnesses crawler harnesses and i mean you're you're constantly getting weeds off them but the walleye are always always stacked up in there yeah uh, and what kind of weeds are they they kind of like cabbage or is it just like sand grass or no no it's more cabbage it's not really sand grass because um by summertime it's so thick in there you can't even troll through does it like but grow it, up to the surface or yeah yeah, yeah okay it, gro- gotcha. it grows up um yep. so end of end of spring beginning of summer where that water's still pretty cold mm-hmm. um but they're 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 there you know, and I'm, I'm, assu- I haven't trolled in there in probably five years, but I'm assuming the population in that area in that time of year is doubled, you know, just from what I'm used to yep. trolling to there, you could probably, you could probably drop down in there and spear a limit pretty quick. But again, yeah, you're, you're talking, they sleep talking in those weeds. weeds too. You, they sleep in those weeds too. They'll get, they'll nuzzle right down on the bottom and they'll just pass right out. You can almost grab them if you want. That's <laughs> One of those things, a little controversial because you do, you're kind of, your guy is fearing like, I don't know, a defenseless fish or whatever. But at, I was like, I don't really see the issue with I shoot some of them that time. Sometimes I'll wake them up and give them a little scare or run for their money. <laughs> right. But you'll see them. You'll see them in there sleeping a lot or they'll be chasing perch or little crappies or whatever minnows they got um, hanging out in there. Where's the mutton snappers? What up, Charlie? That's Mr. Fish Stick Spear Guns himself. He's, uh, he's actually making me uh, – this is the gun he actually donated. I uh, shot everything with. He donated to the Freshwater uh, Spearfishing – Nationals Freshwater Spearfishing Tournament that I went to last year. Okay. And I got it at, uh, at a silent auction, and I've been shooting everything with it. And uh, I was down in Florida just a couple weeks ago, and uh, he brought me out and took me out. showed me, like, one of the best times of my life in freaking Florida. And now he's going to make me a custom Michigan Spearfishing Association uh, spear gun. Same one, just like this, and uh, I'm gonna give this one away to a lucky subscriber or something like that. And uh, oh, nice. Uh, yeah, so that'll be. Don't tell him away. I mean, yeah, no, secrets out. But yeah, this gun will be available at some point for a giveaway. <laughs> nice. Um, so that's Charlie. So here. There was a question. Uh... So you want a dope custom spear gun? That's your man right there, Charlie Fish Sticks. <laughs> Charlie Fish Sticks. Okay, I got you. Um, uh, Scott Hill says I've always struggled in depth, not having a belt. So he's obviously dove before. So like a guy like me, I haven't snorkeled outside of. Oh, does he mean like he's like diving, getting depth when he doesn't have a weight belt? I understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. where that weight belt comes in handy. It allows you to get that 
neutrally buoyant status or whatever. That'll be a big – that'll be help a lot with your uh, with your breath hold too. If you're not working as hard, you can you can generally hold your breath a little bit longer. We got a Nintendo 69. That's quite the name there. But uh, yeah, I'm in Metro <laughs> Detroit. Wish I had ice. Went golfing today. So at least he's getting hey, outside. there you go. <laughs> at least he's we actually just got like, – yeah, we got a golf simulation. Now, uh, me and my buddies are – like every Thursday night we go over to his house and do a little artif- or um, virtual golf. <laughs> oh, nice. It was funny. Uh, seven years ago, yesterday, we actually played 18 holes uh, at a course locally here. It, it showed up on my Facebook uh, memory thing. <laughs> I was like, "You gotta be kidding me!" I mean, literally <laughs> shorts and a t-shirt. Yeah. Yeah. Not um, too bad. So, so let's uh, let real quick. Let's talk about um, let's talk about your setup now. So, like I asked you, you were saying you're just using a regular snorkel. Yes. I assume the whole time that you're, because as long as you're down there, I figured you were using some type of oxygen tank or you had something fancy going on there. I'm I like, appreciate I how- that, but no, that's that's just regular old holding your breath. Which is crazy. No, that's why, that's why you, you run, you swim, you know, you kind of, you got to do things to keep your cardiovascular system in shape because that's going to help a lot when it comes to, you know, your oxygen, I don't know, usage, if you will. If you're, you're out of shape, it's going to be a lot harder to keep your breath and, you know, and if you're, when you're down there, if that makes sense, you know, cause you're diving yeah. and swimming the whole time. And if you don't have a boat, for example, and you swam out from the shore or you took a kayak, I mean, you're, you're swimming hundreds of yards, hundreds and hundreds of yards. Right. And that, that's going to take a toll on your, you know, your, your, um, your time in the water, I guess. Right. You just, you're kicking, you're getting tired and the more tired you are, oh, yeah, the harder it is to get down. Yeah. You're going to fatigue, right? Fatigue real quick. Yeah. Yeah. So that's one of those things that, you know, the better shape you are and the better you're going to be when it comes to diving down there and getting on the fish. So that's, you know, it's one of those things. Not that I didn't do it anyways, just to generally stay in shape or whatever, but it's just one of those things that when you get involved in it, you start to learn real quick, like, oh, there's some things that I can do to help me be more successful. And that's, that's one of them for sure. (laughs) Yeah. So comparable to that would be, I went out to Colorado elk hunting and now the lack of oxygen up in the mountain there, we were camping. 10,000 feet and I'm not I'm not saying I'm in the best shape but I try to maintain decent you know physical shape right and uh by by regularly exercising and um I tell you what man it's not physically tough but it's it it, it ends up being it because you just you, you run short of oxygen like you can yeah where you think like at home where you can walk 50 100 yards and it's uphill let's say you're just going for a hike and it doesn't wipe you out over there, it, it's hard to make it over 50 yards, you know. I mean, it's just like you're always constantly c- trying to catch your breath. And if you don't catch your breath, I've almost lost it a couple times, and that's scary. And I'm just yeah. walking, you know, and I'm like, holy <laughs> cow, dude. Like, dang. Charlie, no, yeah. there are no uh free dive instructors in the Metro Detroit area. I don't uh I just know one guy, his name is Fonduce. I think he runs Michigan free diving, but um, yeah, I, I don't know how often he holds classes or if he does, or I don't know. I really don't. So that's something Michigan needs to fix is free dive instructors. <laughs> that'll, um, that'll teach you real quick. That's one of the things you want. I didn't even, we should always talk about is, is uh, safe diving, right? Cause you're diving, you're holding your breath. Um, you definitely want a buddy who knows how to rescue you if, something were to happen if you have a shallow water blackout or you know i don't know you anything could happen right you get hit by a boat or whatever right 
you yep. need somebody there that, that knows how to dive and, and help you out. And uh, one of the things that's why I went down to Florida and got free dive certified with um, Roy uh, with free dive 305 is because I wanted to, you know, I wanted to have like street cred, you know, like, Hey, if you take me out on a spearfishing trip, I'm going to know how to rescue you. I'm going to know how to be a safe diver and a safe gun handler and those kind of things. Right. And he was one of the best guys that you know everybody talks about. I was like, yeah, he spearfishes. He's a great, you know, free dive instructor. And I was like, I called him up and I was like, Hey, can I come down and take your class? And if I do, will you take me spearfishing? And he was like, yeah, anybody, he's like, anybody comes down from Michigan, I will, uh, absolutely give them priority to get them out in the water. And I was like, great. And I think it was like three weeks or three months later, I was out down in Miami screw fishing and, and learned how to free dive and everything. Nice. No, I mean, me and Charlie, we were diving in a cave, doing some cave diving in Florida. And, uh, I mean, I touched the bottom in, you know, 80, 85 feet and, uh, I've wow. dove down 90, 90 some feet on, on the line. So gotta get that, that triple digit mark here, hopefully this summer. That's crazy. And that's, yeah. that's free dive. And that's just, that blows my mind. I mean, that's gotta be uh granted. You got to keep your, your mind right, but you're going down. That's a long, that's a long ways, dude. Yeah. Oh <laughs> I yeah. Mean, it's gotta be, it's just pitch black. And it, it, I can't imagine. I, yeah, I, I haven't dove that deep in the great lakes. Um, and Miami, they got the, you know, the, the, what do they call it? The Gulf stream or the, you know, whatever, one of those main, you know, water flows is out there and that water. I mean, you can see 80, hundred feet, you know? Oh, really? Oh yeah. It's just, I mean, they call it the blue water. It's just crystal clear. It's just so clear. And it's like, there's not a thing in the water. It's not anything. It's literally the craziest feeling just out there. And it's like, like you're in space or something. It's crazy. It's super cool. Um, you per, (laughs) he's got a shape. It's round. (laughs) (laughs) oh shit um what about what about the bends at those depths i don't know what that's that's not uh that's not an issue for free divers generally speaking that's only when you're inhaling uh compressed oxygen at different atmospheres is when you have that is that when uh, you gotta like come up really slow yeah uh, you have to decompress decompress and let yeah let the nitrogen Mm. get out of your blood Okay. Your, uh, or however i don't know exactly how it works i'm not a i'm not a i'm not a scuba diver or uh, i don't have any certs in that i'm just a free diver and uh that's not that's one of the benefits also is that you don't have to worry about any kind of sickness or traveling or anything like that if you go free diving you're safe to get on a plane i know sometimes if you don't decompress right they don't recommend you getting on a plane the next day after you've been free diving for you know an extended period of time because you can I think you can get some. I've heard that. I don't quote me on that, but <laughs> okay. There's those are you know just issues that you know scuba divers have that uh, you'll never have to worry about as a free diver, at least not to my knowledge. So okay, so let's say I wanted to get into uh, spear fishing here in Michigan. I mean, what I know nothing about it. I want to get into it, short of getting with somebody like yourself to go mm-hmm. out and try it. I mean, what would I have to do as far as being <clears throat> number one legal to do it okay um obviously you need a fishing license but there's got to be something else that you need to some type of permit or something like that and and then what would i need like so you need a spear gun obviously you need some odds and ends can you walk us through like what what a simple setup would be yep so just get your first just to be legal just get your all species uh fishing license that's one the spear fishing license is only available online 
right? So you have to go online and get that. That's where you will be entered into the pool of people who will have to fill out the reports every month. Um, then, I mean, I would go to a, a dive shop, find your closest dive shop, you know, Michigan Adventures or here on Scuba or whoever you got in your area. Um, they'll have wetsuits, uh, snorkels, masks, uh, booties, fins, all those kind of things. Um, that would be a good place to start, right? Get a mask that fits you right and that's comfortable. Low yeah. volume is best if you have it. Um, but like I said, it's not necessary if you're not diving deeper, which like I said, Michigan, not most of the time you're not. Um, but that would be a good place. To start. I would say go somewhere that has experienced divers. Um, that will get you, I would say a base up because that water, I mean, like I said, into May and into June, depending on which, you know, what part of Michigan you're going through, like if you're up here, let's see, can you see my finger? Yep. <laughs> if you're up yeah. here, that water gets, yeah, if you're up there, it's significantly colder, uh, you know, early or later into the summer, right? If I go, yep. you know, somewhere in south, you know, south portion of Lake Michigan, uh, that water is going to warm up first. And then up there, it's going to, you know, be five degrees colder. So um, you're going to want a wetsuit, right? Something to keep you warmer. Um I like gloves. Let me see here. I got some stuff for you. Here we go. So these are my booties right here. Just a little two and a half mil. Just a little boots you put on. That keep your feet warm. And then you you do have uh, different kind of thermal gloves. I like these. Uh, just these little work gloves. They keep the zebra muffs, muscles from cutting up your hands too bad. And when you're handling the fish, it kind of gives you a little bit of protection. Okay. Um, I like one with a hood myself to keep your head warm. Um, that's a good, a good starting point. Let's see what I got here. Um, then fins, I mean, you can do a basic setup. You can go to like Walmart if you want and get like, you know, they got them little kits for like kids and adults or whatever. You can get fins there and a mask and a snorkel if you want, but you just want to get in the water and see if it's up for you. Um, yeah, here's, here's mine right here. It's got a loading pad on it. This is called Polo Sub. Got this when I was down in Florida. It's open cell too, so it's exposed neoprene. And what you do okay. is you have to lube up to get into these. Um, so I take like a conditioner and I'll mix it with some warm water and then I'll put this in it and I'll shake it around. And then when I put this on, that neoprene almost sticks right to your skin. And right. you, that uh, soap allows you to, I don't know, move comfortably and get kind of set in it, if you will. And then, uh, yeah, let's see here. What else do I got? <laughs> Got your snorkel. I like something with some color on it. That's going to help uh, your buddies see you if you, you know, swim away from each other. That yep. color, when you look up, it helps a lot. It's not just a gray stick like this. You can't barely see it. That orange really pops. I, I really like that. Um, here's my mask, for example. Just kind of a low volume, yep. nice little silicone thing or uh, skirt, I guess you could call it. Um, so, I don't know. That would cover, like, the base. Oh, this puppy right here. That's what the yeah. uh, put it right in front of you. All right. <laughs> there we go. There you go. Okay. Uh, that's your diver down flag, right? That's your that's your safety mechanism as a as a spearfisher right there. Notice notice the similarities right there. See? Right. <laughs> and it's just gotta be how close do you gotta have that to you? You gotta I think the rule is you gotta be within a hundred feet of that diver down flag and then okay. boaters have to stay i think it's 200 or 250 feet away from that they can't operate a combustion engine to my knowledge 
within 100, 250 feet. I tell you what, I do not mind at all if somebody's close to me. I simply ask that you are going at a speed where you can correct or, you know, correct course if you get too close. That's all well, I do. I, I run into that. Uh, Brian and I, uh, we were kayak fishing Lake St. Clair and made the big mistake of going out there Saturday, Labor Day weekend. Oh, uh, yeah. So, man. <laughs> so we we uh, had a slow start, but man, the fishing picked up and it's like at 11 o'clock Lake St. Clair in a weekend, just stay off it. If you're, if yep. you're a fisherman, just stay off it. But it was like 11 AM. Like everybody's alarm goes off and they decide, well, I'm getting on my boat and I'm going to go drive around. And it could be a flat, calm day. And just the amount of boat wake out there just turns into a washing machine. Like everything yep. just like, it's not even windy. You know what I mean? And it, it yep. makes it miserable. <laughs> But you got to be extremely careful. Like people, they they do not pay attention. And on the kayak, if I'm on the big lake, I'll throw the flag up, um, fairly visible, you know. And, and even him, he wears yeah. a uh, when he's out there, he wears a like a high vis vest too. Yeah, you know, just because yep. he wants to be seen. But these people are they're just ruthless and reckless. recreational boaters are a danger to everybody and themselves. Yeah, <laughs> mostly. <laughs> Jet skiers are terrible. I've had nothing but bad experience with jet skiers. Just they get on that water and they don't think hey, there's another person that uses it. Apparently, and they just love. They think these those flags are like uh, something to investigate. So they come up and they'll just ride up right. as fast as they can. So if you ever see me in the water, I don't care if you come close to me. Just be able to correct. Right. You know when you're when you're near it that's all that's all i care about because like i said i can dive i can kind of swim around you know just generally just stay 20 30 feet away that's more than enough that i need but the rules say you know 200 feet but um you know generally speaking like i said if if, as long as you're not being reckless and you can see the person or the persons that are in the water um should be fine i never had an issue with it so yeah that was the first and last time i actually fished lake st Clair in a weekend i'll, I'll never do it again it ain't worth it to me i, I mean i know i don't get much opportunity to fish all day anyways so i would rather like sneak out before work in the morning but that was uh <laughs> that was a different experience <laughs> I, mean, I can imagine the amount of people out there is just like i said it's like a it's like a an alarm goes off and they all decide it, it's go time and we're just gonna go start doing laps around the lake and then yep <laughs> like not even pay attention to what's in front of them you know yep yep yeah i want to yep. share a cool That's video okay. here i want i got a really cool clip of yours i want to share i was going through them the other day and i got to laugh at this one because you're you're a uh you, you we're talking spear fishing but you were actually what am i doing see what you want (laughs) i'm so curious (laughs) uh i think it's this one no did we just the one where i grabbed the bird no it's this one it's this one oh yeah you were actually you were (laughs) that was that was good fun nice smallmouth yeah that's dirty too that wasn't even clean um that was one of the biggest issues i had because you can't the water the resistance the water offers that rod you can barely you can't feel it like you can when you're above it so i was having a really hard time kind of getting them hooked because you can't really feel them when they hit it so you have to just kind of watch that right little jig and then you can 
you know, that's the best way to get them. They won't eat. They will almost not eat ever when you're on the bottom with them. They they will not touch anything you give them. They uh they don't want anything to do with that. But you uh, you get out of surface water and float around. They have no issues. And that's just a little crappie jig too. I wasn't using anything crazy. So I'm not familiar with. I mean, I, I'm familiar with a lot of harbors in Michigan. <laughs> I feel like I know that harbor. Oh, I'm not telling you that one. Oh no, I can't tell you where that one is. That one's people I probably know. <laughs> well, I'm looking at it, and I'm secret because that one's my. That's my good spot right there. <laughs> is it in the thumb or no? Uh, yeah, it's off the thumb. If that makes sense, east side of the thumb. Yeah, I know exactly where that's at. Okay. But don't tell nobody. <laughs> no, I'm not. I, that's why I, I was waiting for you to say. But I know exactly. I could but hey, I've, I've, I'll take people. But man, I, that's that's one of, my, one of my best spots. I love that spot so much. No, that power plant. Yeah, no, I, I know exactly where you're at. I, uh, I lake trout fish around there quite a bit. And um, yep. did did you see any walleye around there? Because the walleye hang out around them, outside of them. Uh, if uh, if you look if you look in uh, in the videos I shared right down below. Yeah, um, that is uh, that middle video is the is this exact spot actually. Okay. We see we see walleye out there all the time. Yeah, I, I so I grew up in that area. Um, Did you? And I used to go I used to go after school and cast off that breaker wall. Um, yep. All during the spring. Yep. Tremendous I've tremendous been, amounts of walleye out there. I've actually anchored off right at that wall. Yeah, where, where you're set up there, yep. and cast it for walleye at night, and and caught easy limits right there. Oh yeah, I was gonna say because they stack up. They love where that water flows over that top, and it'll hit a break. There's a break, yep. and it hits mud at the on the bottom side. They love stacking up in there. So here's a question that maybe you'll have an answer for. It'd be sweet if you did, because I'd like oh, to know too. <laughs> Lake Saint Clair, Lake Saint Clair, yeah. besides Lake Saint Clair, that's uh, no. I've seen two pike. Uh, no, no muskies. The only muskies I've seen are in Lake St. Clair. They'll swim right up to you. They don't give a shit. Really? Um, oh yeah. Uh, yeah, I had one. I was I had a red horse sucker. I was off the nine mile launch, and uh, I had a red horse sucker hanging on my hip, and I'm swimming around, and that thing was like I don't know five feet away from me, looking at me like, "What you got on your hip there, bud?" <laughs> and I have that, and I was like, "Oh." <laughs> Dude, that nine mile launch is miserable the way it's set up. I mean, they need to have a, I mean, I don't mind walking, but when you're like, you're in the middle of going fishing and trying to get up, cause when you're going, you know, you're trying to get on the boat and go, right? Well, right. There's no, there's no such thing as getting on the boat and going when you launch out a nine mile because no. you got to launch it and walk back and then walk yep. back. They need a guy in a golf cart there to, uh, get a little trolley. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I tip them a few bucks each way. <laughs> Just yep. to speed up the process because there's only two long pads <laughs> there, anyways. Yeah, um, I only fished there a handful of times, but that was that was my only musky experience. It's funny because everybody talks about musky being the fish of ten thousand casts, and it's it's a big like it's a bite window thing. Mm-hmm. And some new research has come out that you know that I'm not going to get into the whole story, but it's not it's not a hundred percent like you got to be fishing in the bite window. It's actually placing the bait because they say this is going off a of research of people that that they tagged musky grew musky up put them in a controlled pond and then tried mm -hmm. catching them and and the end data basically says what happens is that bait your lure has to be mm -hmm. in the perfect position 
because they're opportunistic. They're not they're not necessarily chasing. Oh, they're, more okay. less, they're more or less waiting for something to come in front of them, and then they're going to chase it and eat it. But just because so there's this misconception that you're casting over a muskie's head and they're watching it a thousand times go by and then finally they decide to strike it. That's not the hmm. case, I guess. What it is is that you have to put your bait in the perfect spot. They don't have to be in a particular mood. They're always they're always they're they're the apex predator, right? They they're get they eating. get big. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So they're always eating, but it's a matter of it's a, basically a matter of having fish in front of you that you're casting at in order to catch one. But right, it's actually yeah. bred. So it's bred into them um, where people catch and release fish them. Mm -hmm. They found that muskie that carries on in generations and generations. Like, I don't know what it is about their memory, but it, they will be bred to eventually not eat rubber or, or fake lures. You know what I mean? Oh. Because, because of the amount of stress that they go through. Um, when guys, they catch them. Yeah. So guys that troll for them, they, the, the fish get stressed out pretty bad. So they got the revival tanks and this and that, and everybody's got their own opinion as far as how to release them. I've seen videos, guys just torpedo throwing them because that gives them the biggest adrenaline rush and the most amount of water to their gills in a short period of time that that yeah. revives them the best. But then there's people that say, you got to revive them in the tank. You got to keep them in the net, you know, and yeah. um, there's a lot of, there's a lot of theories to it all still, I think, but this was actual research. It was on a Facebook uh, article. I saved it and I wanted to fully read it, but these people actually like grew musk. That's a lot of time and effort to, uh, it is. And, and they, spent, <laughs> a lot of fish. They, spent, they spent years trying to catch these muskie that they grew up and put in a pond mm -hmm. and they actually thought they had died, but they dove down and found that they were still living there. But it was just a matter of, you know, it's not a, the pond they were fishing in wasn't very big, but it was a matter of putting that bait in his face at the right time. Yeah. But yeah, so they're saying that the catch and release fishing will, the, the offspring for, for how, however it happens, it's, it's bred into them where they eventually won't eat artificial lures because of the stress that they're, yeah, they start in. to recognize it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, which is wild, which makes them even harder to catch. Yeah. Um, real with Ryan says nine mile launch is worse. He knows they run a golf cart when it's busy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm hoping uh, the Crocker launch is done here soon. But then I heard when Crocker, when Crocker launch opens up, they're going to shut Harley Ensign down, which is South River Road, because they need to redo that. Um, yeah. What a, what any a, any launch with a rock pile on it too is always good for good for fishing. <laughs> Create that structure. Yeah. Um, would a pole spear work for walleye? I don't know what a pole spear is. So is he just talking like a like a like a I throw through the ice spear? Right here. No. So it's it's kind of like yours, right? I don't okay. know if you can see it, but all I it does it, yeah. on, on the back side here, you got a rubber band. And so you grab it like this, and uh, you just, as you pull it back, right, you get all that tension on there, and you hold it, and you aim it at your target, and then you let it go. Okay. Just like that, and it shoots it off. And they do work. I've shot a couple of them. Um, they're just, uh, you got to be, like, within five feet of the fish. And uh, they're very slow, and uh, they're not terribly uh, – I don't like them, personally. I don't like holding them. I don't, they're uncomfortable, and I'm not very accurate with it. I have shot them, but um, 
Yeah, I don't know. I've, they do work. Yes, if you can get, especially when they're sleeping on the bottom or something, you can get it right up next to them and and get them. But by far the most effective way is the spear gun for sure. So what's a so your spear gun? Yeah, your spear gun. Okay, so you uh, is is there different tiers? Like like okay, so you got Remington, Benelli, you got Winchester. I mean, is, is you do you pay more money and you get a better a better spear gun? Or are they all pretty much somewhat the same? Some are just a little bit nicer, depending on no, the you're, you you're use? definitely gonna you're definitely gonna get what you pay for in the spearfishing world. Okay. Um, you know, if you want to get a cheap aluminum one, uh, your trigger mechanisms are gonna fail faster. Uh, they're gonna be you know less reliable. I'm already having a problem with the Mako one I had, the first one I ever bought. Um, I know, I've had it for about that was in 2019, so I've had it for about five years now almost five years and uh it you know it now it barely works now i have to you know it, it's goofy how they all work so you know i don't know there's like neptonics uh rife um and then there's like guys like charlie who build them in their barns uh, and they just kind of source out the parts and stuff that they like and the spear shafts that they like um and like bands and, and, you know, the Dyneema and, and that kind of stuff. And then you can get you know, more custom, the more, you know, colors and engravings and what that kind of stuff you can get on them. But I, the, the wood ones, I tell you what, going back, if you know you're going to do that, this is a baseball bat is what it is. This thing can take a beating, right? It's not going to, it's not going to get damaged like, like a aluminum barrel wood on a, on a cheaper one. Right. So that's one of the benefits of it. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's, you know, it's just the quality of the materials that you're going to put into it. The more expensive they are, the, um, the better materials and longer, generally speaking, longer than the last, but that also comes with the brand, if you will, you know, like Rife is really, really, really high quality and, and, uh, maybe JBL is probably in there somewhere, but then if you start outsourcing, you know, to bring the price down, you can get a hundred dollar gun. Sure. It'll probably work for a season or two. It could break at any second though. Um, okay. you know, those kind of things. Uh, a lot of people, these are called right here are called wishbones. Yep. This is what actually loads onto the physical shaft. You see these, they call them shark fins. That's where yep. you load them on. They have ones that are metal. Um, these are all, you know, hand fitted and everything. You see that they'll have ones that have like little screw on, almost like a bottle cap, if you will. Um, that's just little points of failure that you can get and stuff like that. The, the best way to do it is to have, you know, it's just like your archery setup just have as you know as few you know failure points as you can you know mm -hmm. so and i like two bands that's another good reason to do two bands because what if one breaks right okay. yeah well that's another way to do that i don't like the single band because they can you know if you break this or or you know i don't know you cut this with your knife or something and it, it breaks um you always have a second one and that you know won't ruin your trip so <laughs> but uh so what's a quality spear gun run then? Like, okay, so we know a snorkel and a mask. I mean, you can you can dive into all that, but it, a snorkel and a mask and some uh, fins, you know, aren't real expensive, I guess. You can get up there, but what would a, a quality spear gun, like if I wanted to go buy one, what would you recommend? And what, I would what say, I yeah, I would say a, a good price range um, for a, a decent gun is, is going to run you about 400 bucks. Okay. 354 is a, is a good good window of a quality gun that'll last you. I would say, I don't know, three to five years. Yep. Um, like you said, then you can if you want to get like a carbon one, you want to get you know fancy wood or um, 
you know, I don't know, a, a variety of different options, um, then yeah, you can spend, you can easily spend, you know, $2,000 or $2,500. You want to get a roller gun, a roller gun. Um, they call them rollers. Basically they do is they put two wheels at the end and then it loads from, it has a, uh, I don't know, a spot here and the band will come all the way up and then go around and you load it down the front. And the, the point of that is you see these end, their power stroke ends right here. So you're right. missing half your gun. Half your gun is now gone, right? And you lo there's no power there. So okay. what the roller does is it extends the, the power stroke all the way up to the front of the gun. So that spear shaft is getting the best, or the most power out of it, essentially. So you can get a roller gun. Roller guns are real nice, real accurate. Um, those, uh, those, you know, you pay anywhere from 600 to, you know, I don't know, $2,000, depending on the size and the, the materials that it's built with. So what about a you, pole spear? Like a pole spear, that looked to be like the cheapest setup you could have. I mean, but again, you got to be close to the if you, What's like if, a pole you spear? Want, if you want success, get a spear gun. That will that's yeah. gonna you know do your best <laughs> shot. That's gonna give you your best shot. It's easy to aim. You can shoot you know ten feet or so. Um, Is it just yeah, point pole and spears? Shoot? I mean, you don't have a sight or nothing on there. No, it's just it's, basically point and shoot. Instinctive. Yeah, you just because it's just like uh, you know, it's just like a handgun almost. You're kind of just putting it up. I like to put my hand, you got to kind of put your hand on the back of it like this to keep it from recoil. If you get it like this, sometimes you'll be doing that. That'll come back and hit you right in the mouth. <laughs> <laughs> I've done that once. And I was like, oh, okay, not doing that again. I uh, felt like I got punched right in the face. I'm like, oh, it's not, uh, not the happiest feeling in the world. <laughs> But yeah, it's just the point so you overall not too expensive. I mean, if if you in perspective, I mean, people would think, well, four hundred bucks is expensive, but okay, so that's the cost of a couple rod reel combos and a handful of lures. Which yep. of the lures you may lose on your first trip, anyways. And if you're talking means of musky fishing, I mean, four or five hundred bucks. That's that's maybe eight ten lures and. <laughs> that's it well you're, you're, to clarify we're not shooting muskies with spear guns no no <laughs> but i'm just saying in in general of of cost you know what i mean yeah if yep, you're comparing was, yeah. it to if, if you're comparing it to other other styles of fishing i mean if you want yep. okay if you're going trolling you're going to have at least at a minimum six rod reel combos i mean that's close to a thousand bucks itself you know yeah i i would uh i'm trying to like give myself a halfway like i think i probably got just over 12 1500 bucks in gear that i have i spent like my fins i have you know because i'm doing the free diving thing i got these you know i don't know 30 inch you know carbon fiber fins um so these you know just make my kick more efficient and they're just more uh i don't know hydrodynamic i guess um yep. so you know this you can spend anywhere from I don't know, 150, 200 bucks to anywhere up where of 600 bucks for a good set of fins. <laughs> so, you know, that's on you. If you want to get something fancy or whatever, you can do that. Or you could, yep. you know, go get the most basic set from, you know, Meyer and jump in, you know, that's one of the nice things about it, or at least for the spearfishing. If, if, if you just want to, you want to be like this to call it a fair weather spear fisherman, you just want to go and, late july and august when the water is 75 degrees you can just literally go i mean you've seen that video i was in i was just wearing shorts right and uh just swimming around you know if i wanted to take a spear gun with me and try and shoot a walleye or a drum or whatever you can right. do that so if you want to go real basic get a, you know you can get a 200 hundred dollar gun 
you can get, you know, mass snorkel and fins for, you know, probably, I don't know, 50 bucks and then dive on in and maybe you can get a fish. Right. <laughs> if you're comfortable Which in the water, it's, you don't, you know, you don't it, need that it much. Isn't, it, it, yeah. And it's not too much, you know, it's not, it's not crazy expensive, I guess. Yep. So Dylan was asking about spring smallies. He, I don't know if he was here. Um, I don't know if he was here to watch this one, but I'm going to, I'm going to give him a little glimpse of how you like to smallmouth fish. <laughs> yeah. I've, some of those videos you can see, I mean, those, I, I, I'll tell you what, I have some of the hottest spots, uh, for, for smallmouth fishing. If you want to, uh, if you want to see some smallmouth, I'll show you some smallmouth. <laughs> well, see, everybody is so focused on this. I can't hear you. You're breaking up there. You got me now? Yeah. I don't know what the hell happened. You got me now? Yeah, I got you. Um, so everybody's like Lake St. Clair is the biggest, you know, that's the smallmouth lake, right? That's where everybody goes. Mm -hmm. It's world class. But there's spots on Lake Huron. Like I, I knew where you were at just by looking in the background of this video. And I know mm -hmm. exactly. And there's so many spots like this, like this one. Yeah. On lake Huron. Oh, yeah. And um, the small number, yeah, uh, the small in Lake Huron are, I mean, they outnumber every other fish I've ever seen, ten to one. I mean, they're just literally everywhere. There's just so many of them. I got a buddy that's a big walleye fisherman, and uh, we were actually jigging, we were jigging uh St. Clair River last Monday, and mm -hmm. um, you know, I told him he's like, I don't know why you guys get into all that smallmouth, and, and uh, I said, dude, it's just fun, right? Um, yeah. I said they're for pound for pound. They're probably the hardest pound for pound. They're probably the hardest fighting fish in the Great Lakes, close to like a freshwater drum or something like that. You know, they're they're comparable. Um, yeah. But I, I said it's just fun to go out there and catch them because they they are super aggressive, especially in the springtime. Oh yeah. Aggressive, and you could spend a day just catching them and catching them, but it, it's just a riot. And he's he's never done it. So I, I told yeah. him, I said, you're going to see, cause I did one of my fishing buddies. I took them last year and, yeah. uh, okay. So that's what you're saying. When you're down there, they won't eat it. Yeah. They don't, um, they won't have anything to do with it. Be back off. They come right up. <laughs> I took them last year fishing and cause he had never really enjoyed smallmouth and much either. And I took them and we hammered them, man. I mean, just yeah. nonstop for, you know, three, four pounders consistently. And then, uh, Three days later, he had a buddy out there fishing him. I'm like, I didn't think you were a smallmouth fisherman. He goes, oh, man, it's so much fun. Oh, I'm addicted now, he said. Yeah, I, said, I told you. No, I was uh, this um, this exact spot, actually, this year, last year, I'm sorry. Um, there was two guys out there. They're they smallmouth fishing, just like you were saying. And, and they're, you know, they're asking about what we're doing or whatever. And I'm like, oh, yeah, we're shooting some walleye, blah, blah, blah. And He's like, well, where are the fish at? He, he actually found me on Instagram like that uh, that week or something like that. And I yep. posted one of the videos from that actual encounter. And he was like, dude, he's like, as soon as you told us where those fish were, we caught, we started catching two two times more fish. He's like, twice as many fish. He was like, we, we had, he's like, we just like every other catch we started catching. He's like, that was so cool. Thanks for doing that for me, man. I was like, yeah, no, of course, no problem, man. Because <laughs> they, they don't see them, you know? They, if you have, I'm out there, I'm like, hey guys, believe it or not, I know you're not catching them, but they're right here. <laughs> so and and the like, thing I with smallmouth is, like, I I've literally gone on roadside ditches and uh, and caught them. You know what I mean? Uh, up yeah. north by Bert, between Burton Mullet Lake, 
there's a spot up there I like going into. Uh, they'll be just hiding under. There'll be boulders and riprap, big concrete chunks. Yep. Right along in the culvert, and you could just pitch a lure under there, and they're hiding under there, and they'll just come out, eat it, and then try to take it back in. <laughs> it's like you can't you can't see them there though. You would never think yep. there's big smallmouth there, but it's like man, I had one of my best days. Actually caught a six pounder on Burt Lake last year, last spring. I tell you huge. what, that was we were talking, me and a couple of my buddies, and we we're like, I I don't have any uh, any particular interest for making bass legal, but if uh, if it's made an opportunity, uh, I won't turn it down. But I tell I was telling my buddies, I was like, if uh, if spearfishing uh, smallies is allowed, someone's gonna get a new state record probably first year because you yeah. see some giants man like you're looking at fish you're like that thing's got to be 25 inches it's got to be you know eight or nine pounds like yep just giants man i'm like wow like these fish are (laughs) huge but that was one of those things i'll I'll tell you uh once we get out of this i'll tell you where some of my uh some of my hot walleyes you probably already know them being from that area but (laughs) i'll tell you some (laughs) of those hot those hot uh smallie spots man like i said i just you sit down there and they just, they'll swarm you. I mean, it's literally 50, 60 fish. And you're like, this is cool. <laughs> there was a spot I grew up. Uh, so it'd be north of where you, that video was where you were catching them smallies. It'd be up around a little bit towards the north. But mm-hmm. I mean, it's a literally every cast. You go there uh, like Memorial weekend and you can walk <clears> out <throat> there and it's like every cast. And it doesn't even matter what you're throwing at them. It's just the smallmouth are there and they're so aggressive. You know- you know who, uh, that's funny you say that because, uh, I was showing Mark Zona, one of those videos mm-hmm. and I, he was, it was random. Um, he was at Cabela's. I was at Cabela's getting some lures and he was just standing in the middle of like the fishing area. And I was just like, what are you doing here? He's like, oh, I was, I don't know. He was just hanging out <clears throat> and I showed him my, one of my videos of all of the small mouse from around. He's like, where's that at? And I told him, he was like, he was like, he's like, that's a, he's like, that's one of my secret favorite spots. And I think it's exactly <laughs> where you're talking about. It probably <laughs> is. Yeah. It because he was telling is. me and I went up there this year and I was swimming around and I was like, no wonder he likes this spot. There are freaking smallmouth everywhere. I've only shared that spot with one person. It's Ryan. I don't know if he's still here, but we had a conversation about um, uh, probably a year ago. I shared him that location and, um, mm-hmm. He was eyeballing it and he's like, he was Google earthing it. And he's like, my God, you can see the smallmouth beds from the Google earth. <laughs> I'm like, dude, I told you nobody, like nobody fishes there. I have not like, fished there. Um, hook and line for smallmouth. Yeah. I will absolutely be making that, um, a trip this year. Yeah. Because oh, I'd love to go to like I, yeah. I grew up fishing there. I grew up fishing that area, man. We used to go after school and, uh, me and my buddies and go up there and just, and just hammer them. Yeah. <laughs> nope. I camp, I camp up there in the summer and I have yet to go there. Cause I think it'd be, I want to take my kid there cause she enjoys fishing. Hey, thanks mm-hmm. for stopping Joe. Uh, so Ryan is still here. Yep. Going there this spring. Uh, <laughs> Ryan, I'm telling you like, wait till like Memorial weekend. Cause the water up there, they'll start spawning a little later because of the colder water. But Memorial weekend, like when bass season opens, it that's plenty early and you're never going to be late that time of year. And it goes well in through June and into the summer, but they're just there. <laughs> it's insane. And their favorite, uh, one of their favorite locations. <laughs> um, but I want to take my kid there cause she likes going with me, but 
as far as young kids and, and taking them out, I like doing that, but it's hard to keep their interest sometimes. And my kid, unfortunately, gets motion sickness. So I think I got a, oh. I can access that spot from a, from a public park. Um, okay. So I'm going to have to try to, I'm going to have to try to get in there and, and get her out there. Cause it, I want to get her into fishing, but the thing is, if you're not catching fish, it's boring. It can be boring for kids, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, it ain't, it ain't like it used to be. They've got so much other things that can occupy their time. But, you know, when we grew up, I would go fishing with my dad and, you know, we'd go off breaker walls and pier heads and stuff like that and just right. cast the line and let it sit there until, until a fish was on. But, um, but that was, that was what it was like growing up. We didn't have all this other stuff to preoccupy ourselves and, and have right. other things that we were interested in. And that's just what it was. Yep. <laughs> yeah. I shared that spot with one person. Yeah. Ryan. And he hasn't gone there yet. So he may go there this spring. He says he's going, but we'll see. Uh, I met right. Zona. I'm Burt Lake Mama fishing car. <clears throat> yeah. And that's another one. Like Zona doesn't like, I, I watched some of his, uh, up north northern michigan videos and it's funny because i can tell the exact when he's on burt lake i know the exact spots he's fishing because i i fish the same spot but there's there's a few popular spots on burt lake these bays where they go in to spawn and stuff and he just he likes to follow them you know he does the northern tour you know he starts down south and then just keeps because like traverse traverse bay i don't think they spawn up there until like july or june yeah july because the water's so cold but that's another yep. one that I would like to try to fish is Grand Traverse Bay there. I went there this summer and uh, dove with my friend Jackie, and that was super cool. I, there's some cars and some random stuff on the bottom out there, like some old – I don't know how it got left out there, but uh, we went out there and dove that and talk about an amazing fishery. <laughs> yeah. Just seeing all those – the water is so clear and the, the fish are so plentiful. I mean, you want to, that's where the – state record or world record uh drums gonna come from because they are in there and they are big and thick man i was like i mean you're talking you know giant 35 inches yeah like real big <laughs> i caught a 31 out of lake michigan did you yeah um trolling for salmon oh there you go <laughs> <laughs> it hit a spoon <laughs> and uh i mean this yeah. thing was the most ridiculous looking fish just crazy big you know and when you salmon fish you, you kind of know when you got a salmon on when you're trolling you know what i mean because mm -hmm. they just how hard they fight or if it's a laker you know you get a couple of head shakes and he floats to the top but i'm like yeah. man, i don't know what this is it's it's so similar like when you're trolling for walleye you know when you got a walleye if you got a catfish or a sheephead it's usually fighting really hard you know but um this was weird it was like i don't know what i don't know what i got but once it came up i'm like holy cow and it stayed deep all the way to the boat did it? Um, yeah. Yeah, it, it didn't come down. right up, but it, it, it fought the whole time. But once we got it in the net, I was like, holy cow, it's the biggest sheep head I've ever seen in my life. Like, no big accomplishment, <laughs> but it was cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to land a master angler, anyways. Um, yep. Yep. That's for sure. I pulled a good one. I pulled a good, I got a 22 inch out of Lake St. Clair, uh, smallmouth this year. It was good enough for the master angler patch, which is fairly easy to. What I want to do is I want to get a master angler walleye, and I think I'm going to be able to. Have you ever jigged the Detroit River? Yeah, all the time. Okay, so that's where I, I'm. I'm going to try to get down there this year in March. Yeah. And, uh, no March. Yeah. Early. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, that's, that's when you're gonna that that's the, your best opportunity to get one of them big girls. You know. Usually it's like 
my buddy uh, Max Lasky, uh, Lasky uh, Charters, uh, he lives out by me, and he he runs a charter out there, and uh, he usually gets in the big ones just uh, beginning of April. So he starts smashing those 10, 12-pounders. Yeah. I did get a master angler with my uh, my spear gun, though. Nice. <laughs> Yep, that was ten. That was in that same spot that you uh, you seen right there. It was. Yep, that was Dude, uh, I... first second week of June or something like that. You came, she came all the way. I was like, I didn't know how big she was, but <laughs> I knew she was big, and I shot her, and I was like, oh, that's a big one. And we weighed it, and measured it, and we're like, that qualifies. We're like, oh, I'm throwing that in the butt gun. <laughs> Dude, that spot and at that pierhead Memorial Weekend, we we were salmon fishing because back when Lake Huron used to be really good salmon fishing. Mm-hmm. We actually trolled, we trolled salmon during the day, the morning, you know, in the evening, mm-hmm. but me and my buddy went and anchored off right there and cast it for walleye. We were throwing reef runners at that, at that steel wall on the other side and caught yeah. a two man limit of walleye. Like, I think we went right before the sun set and as soon as the sun went down, it was almost every other cast and there was, you know, five, seven pounders that we pulled out of there. Yep. yep. Did it two nice. nights in a row. Yep. Sounds about right. <laughs> yep. <laughs> scott hill he's getting out of here guy got great listen guys gotta run thanks for stopping scott uh you so zona loaded me up with troll car hooks strike king baits signed hat and also yeah zona's a cool dude uh there was actually yeah. a rumor going around that he was like my stepdad or something somebody started a rumor and um <laughs> see like comments on a lot of my social media stuff yeah and, uh, my, my buddy started uh a rumor and then actually i just rolled with it and people were actually believing me <laughs> like they're like no way zone is your stepdad i'm like well i guess that's what i hear that's what i've been told you know, i won't say no uh, i learned a lot just watching him you know he's uh yeah and he he's no you know he he shows it all yeah uh, one, once you like lake st Clair, it's there's no there's no secret to catching the big smallies out there it's springtime swim baits or summertime drop shot and then Yep. I, I tell you what, when I watch them underneath the water, um, they react so well when the bait is moving, falling more particularly, falling super fast. Like three-quarter, one-ounce jig head, and you just send that thing to the bottom as fast as you can, they seem to love that to death. Just triggers them. Just something about that thing going from the bottom. It's just like they have to they have to go for it, man. And I've, I yeah. just one of, one of the things I've learned by spearfishing and watching them is that when I find lures and stuff, I'll throw them out there or whatever. If it, if it gets to that bottom quick, they, they want it, man. They want it. I was, yeah. I'm, like, keep I, was that thinking, I was thinking like, I want to take a jigging setup for the Detroit yep. river and try casting that and just rip that thing as about as fast as I can and just see what comes after it. Cause I bet they would just go absolutely nuts for that. Oh, I bet they would. I've caught a few smallies out there uh, jigging for walleye. Um, Yeah. And I know people target them. Uh, A buddy of mine I work with, he goes down uh, closer closer to Lake Erie uh, Metro Park there and um, shoots across and does really good on the smallies. Yep. Yep. I'm excited to get back. I want to catch another sturgeon, man. I know they're getting them. Actually, I've been, guy's been messaging me on Instagram about sturgeon fishing. (laughs) Have you ever done that? No, that's um, – I'm trying to think here. Um, I know some people who do. I got. I did get an invite out this year. I couldn't make it happen. It was, I think it was on the St. Clair River. Um, yes. And, uh, yeah, I haven't – I've never done, like – I've never done it. Uh, I did hook one uh, 
on the Detroit River when I was jigging for walleye. And uh, but I I lost it like ten feet from the boat. I was so upset. I was like, oh no! But I've never done like the the ice spearing thing either, or anything like that. I know a lot of people go to Black Lake and try that, but I've never. Uh, yeah, I've never done that. Yeah, I, I know it's pretty popular. I, wonder, I know. I was wondering. I was like, man, what? I wonder if, if they'd allow sturgeon spearing with the underwater gear. <laughs> I wonder um, how many people would lose their shit if I did that. Well, that Lake Winnebago and in. in uh, <laughs> wisconsin my uncle actually lives on it yeah and uh they they have sturgeon spear in there yeah yep they just had that that's, like a big, that's a yeah that's like a big thing for them over there it was like oh sturgeon could spear you imagine sending a spear into a sturgeon like you'd have to like strap into something to like hang <laughs> <on to them. laughs> i've never done the dark house spear, so i don't know i've the closest i've ever done to that was uh for white fish and burbot on in thunder bay Okay. You can do, uh, you can hand spear those. Um, we were just on a boat with my buddy Andrew, and you just get a flashlight or headlamp or whatever, and you yep. just kind of drive around. That's like, I don't know, five feet of water. And uh, you'll just see them, and you just kind of cruise on up to them and stab them. But I've never, I can't imagine what it would be like to stab a sturgeon and <laughs> feel the power of that thing thrashing Ooh. around trying to get rid of you. <laughs> You either yeah, got to get away from that spear, you, you have to hold on strong, right? Because if that that <laughs> that metal shaft comes and smacks you in the face, you're gonna be out. Oh, you'd have to have like twenty inch tines on it, you know, to get through it and hold oh, it, yeah. and then you'd have to, you know, I mean, your average man ain't pulling up an eighty pound sturgeon on the end of a spear by himself. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, you could, <laughs> but uh, standing over a giant spear hole, you know? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> that would be impressive. Yeah, it would. We'll see. We'll see what the Great Lakes right. have in store for spearfishing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we'll be looking, and if anything uh, comes about in the future, you know, we'll have to get on and talk more about it. And uh, hopefully, hopefully this summer you can, uh, we can hook up and you can get me out and and try it. You know, I think it, I would like to if it works out. If not, I mean, we'll just have to see how the weather goes and in uh, schedules. So where do you norm? You normally go out of like Gray up that way uh no i usually go um tawas was a really popular okay. spot this year there's a lot of fish in there um i just i almost exclusively go to lake huron it's just i'm more familiar with it and uh there's a lot more water that's available yep. to spearfish so uh for me that was a pretty uh, pretty easy choice just i mean I, you ever I, go try it out around charity island we did try uh that was one of the days i tried um back in like mid-may early may and yep. uh went out there grounds beautiful crystal clear water didn't see a fish not a thing really? <clears throat> just i was hoping maybe a lake child i even had my flasher out you know trying to get some curi curious fish to come in they uh, did not see a Nothing. single fish the entire day so i was like cool i did hear uh did hear some people um talking about it and getting out there but uh, i did not uh and not see anybody have any kind of reasonable success out there i guess you could say so spearfish up yeah. here in the up oh they don't yeah they don't like you guys up there in the up <laughs> they uh the up does not like spearfishing so we'll see what happens with that but um even though it didn't receive any any significant harvest actually fun fact and then 
the guys up there just absolutely hate it. So that's uh, – I don't know why. They literally think we're going to shoot all the fish or something. Here's, here's, so here's the report, right, that uh, the DNR issued. If you see it here, let's see if I can do this. Uh, uh, there. It, yeah, there we go. You see these two blue dots? Those are the only fish that were harvested on Lake here or Lake uh, in the UP on Lake Superior. That's all the effort that it got. Nobody. <laughs> like, literally nobody. And they're all like, I don't know, they all think we're going to run out to Standard Rock and shoot a bunch of giant lake trout or something. It's like Right. The most ridiculous thing on the planet, but it's like whatever, well, you know. Well, and that's the thing, it, it allows the opportunity to not not harvest. I mean, anybody can it's just like deer hunting if people want to shoot whatever they want to shoot they can but when you have an opportunity you, you know you may be able sure you could shoot whatever one you want but if you're spearing them i mean a lot of times you're eating them at the same time you know what i mean and, and right. who's who's gonna want to who's gonna want to eat a 35 inch lake trout or you know what i mean to be able know. to see them down there would be would be just the impressive part and know that you could take them but I just, I think it's, it's a, it's, you know, I mean, the, they act like Lake Superior is some issue with lake trout populations or something. It's like, what are you talking about? There's, you know, 200 million freaking lake trout in Lake yeah. Superior. Like, are you, you worried about somebody shooting a couple of fish that are a little bit, maybe higher age class? Like, well, I don't know. The thing is, what's he say? I'm right at St. Mary's River where it dumps into Lake Huron. Oh, top or yeah, east, far east side of the UP. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, same. It's, yeah, just like I said, rough fish only up there. Uh, no game fish yet, but maybe 2025. Hopefully that'll change. So, still a good time to go. Uh, <laughs> to go. Uh, just dive up there if you want. That's, uh, you know, pretty pretty water <laughs> anywhere I like Superior is pretty oh, water. Man. Lake Superior That's, is impressive. I love it, dude. That's every time I've gone, I've uh, yeah, Drummond Island. Yep, uh, I went fishing up there before. So Russell's got a comment, which we we talked a little bit about. Yep. Uh, Russell Caboose, they spear perch in winter on Lake Saint Clair, and I was going to attempt that this year, but unfortunately, yep. the one time I was able to get out there. The water was so milky the first couple feet you couldn't see bottom, and that's yep. the issue. Like if you're going to spear on Lake Saint Clair, you got to have somewhat clear conditions, you know. Yep, and that's just another limiting factor on, you know, available effort, if you will. Like, oh, I can't just go out there and jig them up if I can't see them, or I can't just stick a flasher in the water and send a spear down. You know, right. you have to have to be able to physically see your fish and all to be to be able to be harvest them and. Uh, that's a big factor. So, you know, that's just another, another contributing factor to, you know, that limits the harvest of those fish. Not to mention that if, as long as you follow the regs, it doesn't really matter. <laughs> right. I had a, this guy comment on one of my videos the other day. He had said, you know, it's, it's more fun to catch him with a hook and line than it is to spear him. It was a pike spear video. <laughs> and I'm <laughs> like, well, as if I, you know what I mean? I'm like, okay, I get it, dude, but <laughs> Like, like what do you, like you think I'm sitting in a shack every day of the week, all year round to spear and fish? No, it's like, that's, I, know, sometimes I think is exactly what they think. <laughs> it's like, we got a very limited window of ice fishing and not to mention being able to cut a hole and spear through it. And, yeah. uh, not only is it an adrenaline rush catching them with a hook and line, but the adrenaline rush, just throwing a spear down a hole and, and spearing one is 
tenfold of catching one. I do. It's just like anything. You see them, that initial, oh my God, there it is. Just like seeing a deer, you know, you're like, oh my God, it's working. Okay. Oh, now I got to, you know, dip your spear in the water and and not be too, you know, move too fast and get them, you know, scared off or whatever. It sucks when you miss them too, or you spook them. I missed one. Right. I just wasn't ready and uh, missed one. I I tried doing a corner shot, you know, eight ball corner pocket and uh, (laughs) I totally blew it. (laughs) And, uh, but he came in and I didn't have the spear ready and it was, it was tangled in my rope, but I'm trying to get it, you know, and right. Yeah. Just one of those things. Missed, but... <clears throat> Not that big of a deal. No. <laughs> yeah. No, I hope, it... I hope we can get some perch though. I really do see perch in our future too. That the was pike another... population in the Saginaw Bay is from where everywhere I go is just crazy. I mean, there, there's just massive amounts of pike. Yeah. Um, the, uh, the, uh, the biologists, uh, I think I, I, we talked about this earlier. Um, the biologist Jeff out of the Bay City uh, department there, the little headquarters or whatever it is, yep. the DNR office. I was talking to him and about the walleye spearing thing, mm-hmm. and uh, he was like, "He's like, it's so funny that you know pike have kind of fallen off the radar as like a sport fish or eating fish because he said you know 30, 40 years ago that was." the premier fish that most people harvested. That's why you see the, the two, two a day at 24 and above that was based on the harvest or the effort that was being attributed to him back in the day. And he said, now it's a total flip. Now everybody wants the freaking walleye, but that's probably one of the reasons that you're seeing so many pike in the Bay is that, you know, they're not being harvested as much and their populations are doing real good. <laughs> they are. And I got to tell you, I mean, when it comes to pike and walleye, I'm taking pike over walleye. I mean, I, I've, I've hey. tripped. <laughs> what? I said the same thing. I was like, trying to find, I was like, man, this is, I also want to say it has more flavor than the walleye. People, people think I'm crazy. And even my wife, I, I cooked pike. The last time I speared one, I cooked pike. And then uh, the week later I cooked walleye. So I went walleye fishing. I, mm-hmm. I prepared it the same exact way prepared it exactly the same deep fried it exactly the same and she the pike was better when yep and i quote she said this is the best fish you've ever cooked yeah the pike. <laughs> <laughs> i'm like i haven't done anything different than the walleye or perch or anything but yeah um, i think a lot of it is just the bad rap because all the bones people don't want to take the extra minute to go around the Y bones and it's not that hard. And granted, you're going to lose a little bit of meat because of the bone structure, right? Like you got to work around it. Nobody wants, nobody wants to eat fish. That's just right. Full of bones. You know what I mean? But I have been doing the opposite. I fillet them up and cook them whole and pick the bones out afterwards. I I think it tastes, I think it adds flavor. You cooking the bones in there and it's so much easier to get the bones out once the flesh has been cooked and it falls apart. Yeah. I've, I was always told, oh, you don't eat fish with bones because you choke on the bones. And I was like, no. all right. Um, never had an issue being able to <laughs> the only sort time I out. ever had a The only time I ever had a bone, a fish bone stuck in my throat was from a perch. Was it? Um, yeah, I was younger. Um, but one thing, so sucker, that's another one. I used to be a member yep. of the sportsman's club up in the thumb. And the way they would do it is they would fillet it like you would a normal fish, keep the skin on, um, scale it. It would be scaled fillet it but then they'd take a knife and they'd go about a quarter inch through the meat all the way down to the skin and then stop 
the whole length of mm-hmm. the fillet and then deep fry it and it, it flash fries all the bones for the most part and then you just okay. take the meat off you just peel it off the skin mm-hmm. and sucker deep fried suckers right up there with with one of the best i've ever had too all and right, people are like, right. you're crazy and i'm like no i'm telling you like i was asking for more because it was that good oh, everybody gotcha, smokes yeah. them you know what i mean it's just like yep. you know salmon lake trout all that everybody smokes them but pike is uh hands down so you yep. variety he knows hands down pike is better eating and i agree yep. <laughs> i don't know what it is i don't know what it is um, but so I work at it. So I do the five fillet method, right? I cut the meat off the back. I cut the meat off the, t- the fillets off the tail. You ever see that method? I don't think I have. So For you pike? take the pike. Yeah. So you take it, you lay them right behind the head, go down to the spine and stop, go all the way oh, to the tail. Yeah, fin, yeah. And then you, you get a nice, that's your best piece right there. And right. then your two sides. So then you you keep him on his belly, and then now you can see the Y bone because you took his back off. Now you can see okay. the Y bone, and then you work your knife right on the outside of the Y bone and take both sides of his flanks off. Okay. And then once you do that, you got the two tail pieces that are left. But you got to start like right at right about at his butt. Go down because right past his butt, there's no bones in the tail. Right. So then you go from there right down to the end of the tail. And then you're done. So you basically you you work around the Y bone. You don't cut the Y bone out. Oh. You you take the meat away from the Y bone. I think I have seen videos of something like that, but I've never never it's super super simple. Attempted and, it. Uh, but yeah, I, I've had a few bones here and there that get left over in there, but right. You can work them out once once you get the meat off the fish. But yeah. um, I'm I don't know, man. I don't know what it is. I mean, and they're stinky bastards, but man, they're delicious. <laughs> I caught one the other day. I was jigging, I was jigging Lake St. Clair for walleye and I, a 28 inch pike or so nailed my vertical jig. And, uh, I was like, man, if he was a little bit bigger, I'd keep him. Yeah. Um, but just, you know, once they slime me up, it's all over. I mean, it's on you, <laughs> it's on you for a while. Yeah. That's it's like the musky, you know, just big, big, nasty, slimy bastards. Or that's just from hanging out in the weeds or whatever, what that is that makes them smell I don't know. so distinct. I don't know, but some people can't stand it and it doesn't bother me, but I, I notice it. It's absorbed in the skin a little longer than anything else, but right. There's uh, <laughs> a little extra flavor on you. <laughs> yeah. But man, I dude, a good like 35, 37 inch pike. There's a lot of meat on one of them bastards. Oh yeah. Yep. That 41 inch I got, I was like, man, I was like, I had, I don't know, six pounds of meat off of it or something. I was like, gosh, this is a <laughs> excessive fish. I did keep its head, though. Have you seen any of those, like, European-style mounts for fish? Mm-mm. No. Okay. So, apparently, you can do that, and it actually looks super cool. Really? Um, I want to do that because I kept its head. I don't know anything about it. But they have them down in Florida. I noticed them. Uh, they um, – oh, hold up. Actually, engage Siri here. Let this work. Oh, crap. <laughs> Oh, I hear you. There we go. Can you hear me still? Yep. Okay. Let me see here. Can you hear me now? Yeah, I got you. Oh, there we go. Uh, but in Florida, they have uh, the skulls, like fish skulls, like barracuda and whatever. And they just, I don't know how they do it, but they can get a European style mount on a fish head. So oh, I, I took the pike's head and... Uh, it has like a little cleft lip on it or something. And I'm going to try and get it down to, to the bones and see if I can 
do like a cool European mount with that. Something cool. Like that one. Yeah. <laughs> but fish style. <laughs> All right. Uh, all right, dude, I'm going to, uh, I'd say we hop off here. We're losing quite a few people too. I think we're down about half of what we had at one time. Uh, dude, we bleed them out. Dude, we bleed them out oh, yeah. and throw them on the ice. Yeah. What are you talking about, Pike? Yeah. How you, uh, clip the gills or cut the yeah. throat there and then you let the, that's one of the things you do when you're, when you're spearfishing too. As soon as you get that fish, give them two nice little slits right up in the gills somewhere. Let that, let that blood get out and then, uh. That always make sure that that meat's nice and clean, and you'll get a better. I, I think it's crazy. Like some of them guys that walleye fish, they. I mean, all you have to do is knife the gills, but you see pictures like half the head cut off, and I'm like, you ain't gotta, you ain't gotta like, you ain't gotta dismember it or or, or uh, chop its head off to yeah. <laughs> to bleed the it out. Like people that use shears, and they'll just get them right there at that little low point, and just. Yeah, my buddy yeah, Rich, that. he he showed me. He keeps. My buddy Rich, he's real particular. I ain't seen him on here, but he, uh, him and I have been fishing together a couple of years now. I actually met him out ice fishing, and uh, we've become pretty good friends. But he's got a little knife right in his live well, and he just slits a slits the gills a little bit. And yeah, uh, but he was laughing. He's like, these guys, they just they cut the heads halfway off, and he's like, you ain't got to do that. And I, I try to remember to bleed the walleye, but I like saving a couple for a picture when I'm done fishing. So yeah, you want to look to, nice too. <laughs> yeah, I don't want yeah. their head like hanging half off, and <laughs> that's what you see in the pictures. I'm like, oh, geez. Yep, it's a real thing. It's a real thing, but yeah, it's, you know, as long as I usually as just eat good. Yeah, I just you know bleed them at the end, throw them all in the net, cut them, cut them, and throw them in the net, let them bleed out in the water, and bring them back in. And yeah, always good decisions. <laughs> All right, buddy. It was good talking to you. Do you got anything else you want to share? I had them couple clips. I think that they're pretty much similar to the ones you had down here, right? Yeah, pretty much. Um, no, yeah, just if you want to do it, just, you know, get your dye flag and, uh, you know. And you got to go online and get a permit. Yep, go on there, get that. And then uh, if you're up, you know, Michigan Spearfishing Association or Michigan Freedivers and uh, Spiros, a couple of groups if you want to get in them. You can join yeah, you them. Got a, and, uh, you got Facebook, Instagram, all that stuff. So you can yep. check them out on there. And uh, I'm yep, sure all you that. keep up to date, all that stuff on there as well. Yep. And then we'll just run around and, uh, you know, people, like I said, just put it in the group. Hey, I want to go spearfishing. I'm new. And usually there's more than a couple people that are willing to either meet up with you or, you know, answer any questions or, you know, just doing this kind of stuff. Hopefully I, right. I, uh, Gave enough information out about the gear and get well, everybody. I mean, it seems pretty cut and dry. I mean, like you're saying, you don't need the top of the line stuff. You can get fins and a snorkel and a mask, hot, you know, whatever you choose to get. And then a spear, you're saying, you know, a quality spear is your best option. Yep. Um, spend a few That's hundred fine. bucks, get a quality spear. But uh, yep. outside of that, like you're saying, you could, the opportunities of, of the walleye are everywhere. There's no question. Yeah. Uh, Saginaw Bay. I mean, it doesn't matter where you're at, what time of year you're, you're going to dive down and probably see a walleye somewhere. Yep. Unless it's just uh, yet. Well, you, well, I was getting a couple of guys at Tawas Bay uh, two days ago that were like, man, uh, I must not have been putting in enough effort because I wasn't finding them. And I was like, huh, that's weird because every time I went out there, I was, you know, seeing bunches of them. So, <laughs> and they were like, huh, I guess I just need to work it out. But, yeah, and knowing the spots would help there. too. And, and right. that's the thing with me is like, uh, 
like knowing some of these lakes, like Lake Huron and the shorelines and the reefs and stuff like that, knowing where to go to, to put yourself in the best position to try to get one, you know? Right. hundred percent. hundred percent. You probably he's a like good said, guy, man. He, uh, he watches a lot of my stuff and he's always commenting, but yeah, he's a, he's a, he had some kids out hunting this year. That was pretty cool. Some of his videos, you have to check them out. Hell yeah. I was going to say, I'll for sure be looking into some of these commenters here. Um, right, man. Appreciate right, you bro. taking taking the time getting on, and uh, maybe we can work something out this summer. Yeah, the, the Outdoors Conquest will be underwater spearfishing here this summer. Yeah, that would be, <laughs> that would be crazy. <laughs> you may make well, me TikTok famous like your well, videos are. <laughs> well, uh, We'll record it too. I'll show the struggle of what it's really like to get out for your first time. You're like, oh man. <laughs> well, I can't, like I say, I, I don't frequently exercise, but I try to maintain a healthy, a healthy life for the most part, you know, and mm -hmm. I hit the stationary bike and, and, and do my exercise, stuff like that. But I couldn't imagine having to hold my breath for that long. Like you're down there two minutes. <laughs> I'm like, dude, you're crazy. I thought for sure you had <laughs> oxygen tank on. Nope, just fill up the lungs. Snuck a mini one in your pouch. <laughs> I had just a mini one in your pouch or something. They do have those. I don't know shit about them, so I'm like, I just thought everybody, I'm like, just, just learn to hold your breath, man. Like, it ain't worth it if if you get sick, you know, or something weird happens because you, right, you know, you you know, you're using a little device and you're not listening to the rules that scuba diver use because you are scuba diving at the point. It doesn't matter how big the tank is. If you go down 30 feet and you start breathing in air at that depth and you come up. Without decompressing, to my understanding, that's how you get the bends or some some kind of similar, uh, right? It, something like that. So you just got to be careful the kind of gear you get. I just say hold your breath because it's easy. <laughs> right. Well, as easy as it can be. <laughs> well, and then, get in the like pool. Say, get in the pool and, and swim across the pool. You know, hold your breath a little bit there. That's you know, that'll get you going. Yeah, I always mess around with my kid when we're at a pool on spring break or something. We always have a contest who can go the furthest underwater. Exactly. I have, have to build up to it a little bit. I the good a good rule is like you know is a down and back. If you can go all the way down twenty five yards and and then come back on a single breath. That's about a seventy five foot free dive. So if you can stay under, I mean, would I be in pretty good? pretty good position to, to be able to spear a fish if I could hold it for about a minute. Let's just say on a normal day, normal depth that you'd be fishing. Yeah, if, if I could hold my breath you, a minute. Yeah. If you can get it, a, you know, 30, 35, 45 seconds, that's diveable as far as like, uh, or that's doable as far as like getting a fish. That's more than enough time to get a fish. Um, especially once if you, you find spear, a nice once, you, of them. once you spear them, you could swim up and surface and regroup yes. yourself, right? Cause you, you yep. got them attached to the spear gun and in your uh, yep. tether. So you should be good. I would think. Yep. Just get to the surface and then you could, the gun will float. Um, they're balanced like that to float underneath the water. Once the spear is out of them. So you shoot okay. it, band in the gun. And the first thing I go for is the line. And once you got the line, you hang onto the fish and just pull them up with you and make a good shot. They stone them. If not, you know, they just got to wrestle them in a little bit like that pike. He gave yeah. me a good when I shot. I was like, oh, God, don't, <laughs> <laughs> don't break my spear. That'd so, be awesome, though. No. they. Uh, my buddy, Riley, the same day, he, he shot the first one. I think it was like a, a 38 inch or something like that. And uh, he thought he missed because it kind of came up out of the weeds on like an angle, and he shot it kind of a little back in the tail. Mm -hmm. And he didn't 
know that he hit it. So he kind of was like, oh, he just relaxed, and the fish took off, pulled the spear gun right out of his hand. You got, I got all on video, too. And you see his gun, you know, just off. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. He calls over, and he's like, John, help, I lost my gun. I'm like, what do you mean you lost your gun? And he's like, I like, jerked it out of my hands. And I was like, crap. And like, we're literally like trying to figure out like a method of how we're going to do it. And literally look over and we see it float right up on the surface. And so like, it just took off <laughs> swimming like as fast as we could. Got over there and there it was. Like, you know, the fish came up to the surface. The gun was up there. We put a second shot in it and we had a fish. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So we're like, oh man. But it's, it's a good time. That's all. <laughs> Oh, starting your gun here soon. My man. Exciting. Hopefully he'll have it ready for you this season. Oh, I'm sure he will. I tell you what, his guns are accurate too. I don't know. You see those shots, man. I just, once you get dialed in with it, man, you're like, I mean, you're hitting, you know, nickel size spots on these fish when you, when you're figuring it out. It's get real, uh, real precise. That's <laughs> that was good, though, I mean. That was my best part about this gun. As I started shooting it, I was like, man, this thing's got range and accuracy. I was like, wow, I really like this gun. I was shooting some fish out 15, 16 feet, which is, that's real far if you're, if you're spearfishing. But I probably shot three fish, I think, that were 15 feet or so. Yeah, there was a few in your videos I watched, and they were, they were out of sight, you know what I mean? And I'm like, yeah. wow. Yep. That's, that, an, that's one of those things, too. Job. Yeah. You got to be careful, though. You <laughs> I haven't had any issues with it. I've been able to, to get their sizes down pretty good. Um, but that's one of the, the things you got to be careful too is if, uh, if you see something that's close size, you're like, oh, it kind of looks like it. It's a sweet. Probably just need to let it go, especially if yeah. it's at distance. Like maybe you can get it close, but it's just kind of like one of those things when you're, you know, when you grow up hooking line fish and you've had enough experience handling fish, you can look at a fish and just be like, yep, that's a 17 or 17 and a half or 18. You could generally right. speaking guess it's, you know, size class within, you right. know, what an inch or so same kind of thing. Pretty under close, water. Yeah. Yeah. But you're going to get a little bit of uh, magnification from your uh, mask. Cause it does have um, that pepper glass or whatever it is does enhance your, uh, the magnification, magnification of the fish. You gonna make it look a little bit bigger. So yep. it's one of those things. If you if you ever have a doubt about the size of the fish or your question, if you're questioning the size of the fish, you probably shouldn't be shooting it. So that's right. like one of those things. But I did shoot one in uh, in Saginaw uh, Saginaw Bay area, and uh, I because I was like, okay, size of them is 13. I'm gonna try and get as close to like a 14, 15 inch fish as I could, and I shot one, and I was like, you know, little thing. I was like, man, this thing's a little pencil. <laughs> right. And, it was 14 and a quarter, you know, it was about what I thought it would be. So I was like pretty accurate with that. So I was pretty happy about that. But most of like most of the fish I seen, it was like very clear. Either they weren't legal or they were. It was like right. Never that, almost almost never did I question the yeah. size of the fish when I was even hook and lining them. I mean, if it's a question, I just toss them back, you know, it's not even because yeah. a lot of times I don't take a, a bump board or anything with me especially ice fishing it's like a lot of times ice fishing we're not catching them unless you're on the saginaw river you'll catch a lot of sub legals but if you're on the saginaw bay 98 yeah. percent of the fish are legal yep yep and that's one of the good things about fishing yeah. in saginaw bay. lots of fish in there oh, man. plenty size we did see some schools though of like i don't know 50 60 little guys just see all little 
12 inches or something like that swimming around a wall and you just get to watch them. You're like, Oh, look at all these little suckers. Yeah. <laughs> it's always nice just to be like, all the right, future. well, there's, there's the future. Exactly. Yeah, like, yeah. There they are. Got the perch hanging in there with them too. Them big perch like hanging out with the walleye. I noticed when we, uh, when we catch them through the ice, the only time you catch really big perch is when you're fishing water that has walleye in it. Yep. It's, um, it's when I've caught my best perch out there anyways. I've, um, I've never, uh, never really targeted perch. I did some lat this time last year up at, uh, Higgins Lake, I think it was. Okay. But, um, most of the fish we were catching were, I don't know, eight, nine inches. I've never caught like yeah. a big jumbo perch, like one of okay. the great lakes. They got them in the Saginaw Bay, man. I'm telling you. And when you're out there walleye fishing, I always seem to catch a few. Yeah. They're there. It's just, they're not there in numbers, you know. A couple yeah. will come in and you'll pick one or two off and then that'll be it, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Those are fun though. <laughs> and yeah. that's, oh, hell yeah. that's when you get the spear out and you're just like, ah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, hell yeah. And that, I mean, when they're there, they're aggressive. Yeah. Um, okay. All right, brother. I gotta hop off here. So uh, appreciate the time. Conversation. And uh, I'll I'll be I'll be talking to you. Maybe we can maybe even this spring we can get together and jig up some walleye. Yes, sir. I'll be out. Like I said, I go out on the on the river at least I don't know two three times a week when it's when it's hot and heavy out there in May. So maybe uh, we go dive, look for some muskie on Lake Saint Clair. I'd like to do that. I'd like to learn more about muskie. I think that'd be a good way to do it. Yeah, hundred percent. You're one. A lot of people are like, "Hey, come dive over here and tell me what you're seeing." <laughs> That's yeah. one of the things I get a lot of. Uh, like, uh, walleye guys, like tournament anglers, they'll follow me and they'll be like, "Dude, I learned so much about the fish and what they're doing from watching your videos." And I was like, "Thanks, bro." <laughs> yeah, that's one of those one of those things. It's if you want to become a better fisherman. Probably should do spear fishing too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, get in their world a little bit and and just hang yep. out with them. Yep, hundred percent. All right, right bro. John, appreciate the time, man. Of course, Have brother. A good Let's do this again work, And uh, I'm going fishing in the morning, so I'll let you know how it goes. All right, sounds good. <laughs> Wait for the pictures. All right, buddy. Bye. Have a good one.